Yeah. Um, Say something there, that? Rob. Hello. Hello. All right. I got you. Try booting it up again there. I got to reboot my YouTube and get back into it. Oh, ooh, it, I think it works now. Yeah. I'm hearing myself talk 10 seconds ago. That's so you can hear yourself? Awesome. I'm going to mute you too, otherwise I'm going to talk to myself about myself. There we go. That's really because I haven't done a lot with podcasting yet and and other live streaming. It always weirds me out. Yeah. So there we to go. We got, my... King, we got yes. King Cracker back in the chat. Welcome. Who else do we have in the chat? Go ahead and make yourself known so that I can make sure that we, you know, thank you for being here and all that cool stuff. I think if you guys, hopefully you guys can hear Rob now. And when V comes back from a smoke break, hopefully you'll be able to hear him. Please let us know if you can. It'd be greatly appreciated. Okay. All right, there we go. Megabit. We got Mike. We got Plasma Rob, who is on the chat on the show with me. So I don't need to thank him. We got Sassy Squatch. Welcome, welcome. King Cracker, of course. King Cracker was the first one he beat you all in here, I think. But he was also trolling us in the or harassing us in the last feed because of the uh, technical difficulties again. So with. Uh, you know, with all that, I think we have it all behind us and we're good to go. And I think I know what the problem is, as Rob said, that starting the OBS before the Skype kind of jacks the whole thing up. So let's go ahead and move forward. We're about 12 minutes behind, unfortunately. So that gives us 12 minutes past the, you know, the 11 o'clock hour that we can talk. So, you know, we'll count that as a blessing, I suppose. Welcome, uh, Rob. Welcome to the, to the show Glad today. To be here. Yeah, Rob will be joining us for the conversation today. Uh, v is outside smoking right now. Rob, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started? Um, yes, I am a married guy with two kids. I am a software developer. Right now, my current position is QA, but I do a lot of development and other software engineering as a hobby. Got a whole bunch of projects I'm working on right now. Um, I knew you guys by via Twitter. I try to not spend too much time on Twitter, but uh, that's how I keep track of things. But uh, politically. Politically, I'm on the right. Yeah, we did. Oh, nice. <clears throat> Politically, I'm on the right, but it's a bit more complicated because I'm not part of the. Uh, I'm not an NPC on either side, and so I. Uh, I lean <laughs> libertarian. Like, like a well, non-playing character. Consider... You talking about video games? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a video game reference? I'm, it's it's been a culture reference. There was a there was a study that came out a year <laughs> or so ago. Okay, so maybe you haven't seen it floating around on Twitter. There's a year a year or so ago there was a study that came out that said um that uh it was around the remember the learn to code drama when a bunch of journalists got fired it was around that time period but what had happened was uh there is a study that came out that said that roughly 80 percent 80 to 90 percent of people don't have an internal monologue meaning they actually can't think there actually is nothing going on between their ears when they aren't talking and everybody in the gaming community went like so they're the so most people are NPCs. Are we like the only ones? Are we the player characters? And they're the <laughs> they're like the the shop clerks that don't have anything else going. On. V, do you know those? It's, you know those grayed uh, out uh, the grayed out figures that you see on Twitter every once in a while. It's just a gray face and it's got the angry eyes or whatever. Mm, That's, I, yeah. You know, I'm pretty new to Twitter, dude. I 
I like I don't know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but th that's what he's. That's what the NPC thing was. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. If you look up the meme. NPC meme, it's very funny. Yeah. I'll take your word. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll have to send them to you now. Now you but, got me. Yeah. I wish I would have yeah. told you about them sooner. Then you would have been able to uh, I, contribute to the conversation here. Let me yeah, see if I can find the statistic. Um, it it doesn't matter anyway. I'm just saying I'm not I'm not a normie. I'm not a I'm not an automaton who's just like haha, maga maga. Trump has never done anything <laughs> wrong ever. Like I'm on the right, but like I'm not like oh I love insert Republican senator because they have an R by their name. I'm just saying I'm not one of those, even though I'm not. I'm certainly not okay with the left side of our country right now. So it's a I, uh, that's a fascinating thing that I actually talked to. Um, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine about that recently. He was talking. So here was the thing, and and I guess we can roll okay. right into the duo log with this. Um, sure. The uh, a, a buddy of mine. He's he's very much. Um, he was a Bernie supporter when Bernie uh -huh. was still in the running. Like hilariously, whatever for whatever reason he decided to run this year, um, knowing that he would not win. The uh, I guess to cater to his his little base or whatever. But they. Um, he, he's very much a Bernie supporter. And so he was all but hurt when Bernie lost, which was foreseeable to anybody with half a brain. The He <laughs> he came out recently. He and I were talking. Well, yeah, I'm sorry, a quarter of a brain. It, or like some <laughs> kind of semblance of a sliver of a brain. He he came out recently talking about... He shared a, he shared a picture on Facebook. He's a, one of my brother's friends who became my friend as he grew up and he realized like... Oh, like, the, you know, like, I got to branch out and talk to other adults because the people in my class are not very bright. Um, the the Xenio class, right? Xenio. What happened? Yeah, that's what we are. That's what we are, man. We're Xenials. I like Zoomers because the world's going so fast right now. <laughs> the, um, oh, that's right. That's what, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. The, the Zoomers. We're Xenials. They're the Zoomers. Um, I always jacked that up. So. Uh, anyways, the Zoomers, like, he had to branch out from there and realize, like, I guess they're, like, on the fence of, like, being a Zoomer and a Millennial, so... That's me. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but they, uh... Yeah, he, he was talking about how there's no third party, this picture that he shared. There's no third party. There's no viable third party. And I said... And he shared a picture of something that was... And it was it had Biden mentioned in it. It had Trump mentioned in it. And, oh, I'm so tired of this and this and this. And I said, I saw... I'm old enough to remember in 2016 <laughs> when the only two... I mean, we had we had Gary Johnson, right? For, or Johnson Weld for the libertarian vote. Gary Johnson, air quotes libertarian. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and then Jill Stein, right, for the Green Party. I'm like, those were your third party options, right? And then you had the McMuffin guy or whatever. Um, I voted for McMuffin only practically as a protest <laughs> vote, but that's because Trump didn't seem legitimate and he's i probably am gonna vote for him this time around because he kept the promises that i made it contingent on that it looks like it was just political mud to convince me not to vote for either of them last time there's too many people sucking in but anyway uh yeah but, but I was, those, that was me 2016 so you were one of those guys and and i don't blame you I, if you vote whoever you vote for i don't really care i don't really give a shit because it's your right. vote and you can do with it what you want <laughs> Uh, I encourage people to vote in general, and I have my preferences. And there was a time like you didn't tell people who you voted for or who you were politically affiliated mm -hmm. with. And now it is like a, a precursor to conversation. People will ask you, "Hey, so who'd you vote for in the 2016 election?" I mean, that's Put literally happened to me, right? Right. And um, and that will shape whether or not you become friends with that person because it's so like important to 
to losers, oh, right? It's sad. And there are more things in life than politics, man. Good but people don't get that. People don't get that anymore. The um, so this dude he shares this stuff with all these new names put into it, and I and it said that we need to have a third party, a, a viable third party candidate, and I said. I hate to tell you this. I, I, w- I would pull up the actual quote that I made because it was like this whole long rant that I did, but I won't bore you. I said, I hate to tell you this, but this exact post with different names existed four years ago. Like we we saw this exact same uh, comment that somebody made that you're sharing now, but with Jill Stein and Gary Weld and Clinton uh-huh. and Trump. It was the exact same thing. So I said, the problem that you guys have, and this is a you guys problem, because I know who I'm voting for this election. I don't need a third party this election. Uh, because there's no one available again, Even if, but even if there was, like my vote is with Trump. And because he's followed through on all the things that I wanted him to do originally. Is he perfect? No. Right. Has he done some things no. that have pissed me off? Yes, absolutely. But He's done all the things that he promised to do, and I and I have to accept that or respect that, and be like, well, I'm gonna I'll give him four more years because that's just the general. Like, I would love to see what more he could do at this point. Um, but I said I saw all these things before. I said this is a you guys problem. If you want a third party candidate at on November, whatever it'll be this year, but on the the first Tuesday of November, whatever is it the first or the second? I always forget. But anyways, it, it's, it's the third this year is the election. Oh, really? November third. Uh, Okay, so the first Tuesday, right? So um, on the first Tuesday of November, don't shut up as soon as the election happens and you don't get your little way and you're upset with the outcome. Don't stop campaigning for a third party. Don't stop working with the third party uh, candidates. Don't stop working with the Libertarians or the Green Party or the whoever. Start working with them. Take them from there and start camping. If every person who thought that they were throwing their vote away and wished that they could have a third-party candidate, if every single one of those people talked to one person a month and said, hey, you should look into these parties. These are alternate parties that you should research. I'm not telling you that you have to vote for anybody. I'm telling you you should research them because I feel like they have more to, They have more in common with your uh, ideas and what you want out of this country. I feel like they better uh, apply to you and they're, they're better representative of you and your political uh, leanings, your ideologies. You should look into that. If if every person who thought they were throwing their vote away and was bitching about it on November the first uh, November, Tuesday of November on an election year, if every person talked to one person a month, that's it, and tried to convince them, hey, just go read up on this, we would have viable third-party candidates. We would have people because people would want to do it. They'd say, you know what? I I feel like I'd be a good candidate for the Libertarian Party. I feel like I'd be a good candidate for the Green Party. And people would realize, oh, this Green Party candidate actually makes a lot of sense. They're saying a lot of stuff that I agree with. I might actually vote for this Green Party candidate rather than Jill Stein, some weirdo who friggin' goes around and, and, and rubs herself up against trees. Like, if you huh. would try to encourage them from the point, like of the election until election day though the problem is they start like two weeks before the election <laughs> like and they're like oh we need a candidate you know and then they're like forced to have some garbage candidate who doesn't know what aleppo is in the middle of this syrian civil war you know like gary gary johnson didn't know what aleppo was I mean, when he I was will, asked let me give him this that is that is a great way of saying well i guess the libertarians are serious about not being interested in foreign affairs because like that's kind of taking it literally like yeah, I, yeah. 
yeah. it's really like, oh, wow, you really don't know anything outside the U.S. Oh, huh, I guess you're serious about not being involved in foreign policy. Yeah. Maybe and, we shouldn't elect you because you should know what's going on, but it's but, still, it was just really yeah. funny, and that might have been why it went viral somewhat, at least amongst those who are really politically involved. That was my big thing with him, because I was like, oh, okay, Gary right. Johnson, I get it, he's he's fiscally uh, he conservative. Was, there's a lot of non-libertarian policies he had, right. it was ridiculous. So here was the thing, he <clears throat> was fiscally conservative, which is important to me. Yes. Socially liberal, which I could care less about. All the th a lot of the things that he was had liberal, uh, progressive idea uh, ideas about. Like I could care less about those things. And and it was the very like you live your life as long as it doesn't affect me. That's fine. Like that was his opinion, which was countered by his fiscal responsibility. We weren't paying for abortions. We weren't paying for uh, trans right. uh, transsexual sex changes and stuff like that. Like I got it. I'm like okay that's smart i like a lot of these policies that he has but then when i realize like this dude doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground like i'm like nah, i don't know like but i was already pretty sold on trump anyways so he would have had to have done something pretty special the, to win me over the only person i would have voted for otherwise and i almost wrote his name in anyway and he's the only reason i wouldn't vote for trump this time around is austin peterson because he was a really solid candidate but i mean like even john mcafee got more than him in 2016 so like what do you do you know <laughs> john, john mcafee's, mcafee's not, a pretty funny dude he is but he's not coming back to the u.s <laughs> no 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 the um you know what uh the, our guys over at um uh foj live uh jerry and tim they actually interviewed him they had him on the show not uh well i guess this was a few months ago and uh, he was pretty funny on there. He was talking about all his uh, run-ins with the CIA and all that. But fun fact, I actually worked for the McAfee, the the company, after uh, it got bought out by Intel. So. Oh really? Yeah. So V, are you still there? I'm here. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. V, you now that I've ranted, now that mm -hmm. uh, Rob has ranted a little bit, why don't <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about your week? Because this is kind of like the big part of the the do. Well, this is a trio log, right? Uh, today, mm -hmm. but why don't you tell us a little bit about your week? Well, actually, it's it's uh, it's funny you should ask because I do have something I want to rant about, and like I'll avoid like the dissertation because when I start ranting about film, it'll just go on like for eternity. But I watched two movies this well. I watched a few. I always watch movies, but I watched two movies this week, and um, two of them are in the same genre but significantly different. And I want to make this comparison and then explain why one of them was like the worst fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. So the first movie I watched the other day was Shoot 'Em Up with Clive Owen, which, granted, I'll tell you this much: it is there's like the only way that I can describe it to you is a gunfight orgasm, and like that's what it is. Like there's literally a scene where he's like banging uh, Monica Bellucci, and he's like gun, he's like shooting his guns at bad guys at the same time, which is awesome. <laughs> but the whole movie I was watching it, I was thinking, this is such a horrible movie. It's so cheesy. The lines are so lame, and like I I was kind of like at the point where I was like, you know, I really loved this movie before I started studying film, and I didn't understand like why. And then I watched it all the way through, and there's this scene at the end where he he's he literally is he jumps from a plane and he's shooting he's having a gunfight in a skydiving like scene right and it's amazing it's literally the best payoff in a gunfight movie ever like the whole movie was totally worth it when i saw that i totally understood why that movie is amazing and i was like you know what dude like this is where it's at this is like like yeah it's cheesy but you got to take it for what it is you have to understand the genre and this like this plays it to like the most max ever 
like ever like that you could even imagine and everything that like you need in like an action movie with like this action hero is like this movie and it's great and then the bad guy is um paul, paul giamatti, giamatti. Yeah. paul giamatti yeah and he's a great bad guy it's so good but the whole movie is just cheesy lines and like super super over the top gunfights which is what it should be and like i realized like yeah that's you know that's a great movie or whatever um and so i was like kind of like oh you know i should watch something else kind of action-packed or whatever and so i finally gave in and watched this guns akimbo with um your boy daniel radcliffe harry oh, I potter i jacked up I, I grabbed the wrong uh the wrong movie <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that's what that's what you were gonna talk about today. I thought you were gonna yeah. talk about the other one. No, well I can talk about the other one. But that's that, okay. This one, okay. this one is way more important to to like. It's important to me that I impart this knowledge to people that like. Even if you don't like study film or like have like an like even care for film at all, it's important that you at least hear my opinion on this and why Guns Akimbo is the worst, most garbage fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. And okay, I'm gonna start with the 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 reason why Shoot 'Em Up is so good is because it follows this format, which is exactly what you want in like an action format. And like everything from like over the top fights to like ridiculous cheesy one-liners that you can repeat <laughs> to like the end where he like wins, right? He wins. Oh, you know what? He... Can I say this, V? Can I Absolutely. say one of my favorite parts of that movie is when they're shooting it out on the roof and he shoots out all the the letters. And then, except for the uh, where it says "fuck you," oh, and then yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. and then he goes "fuck you, you fucking fucker," <laughs> and then he shoots another light, or the, then Paul Isn't Giamatti this... shoots the other one, and it says "fuck you too." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't this the movie where I believe Guns Akimbo is the one where Daniel Radcliffe was was uh, they were taping it, and when he was out on the street, he was like in his pajamas or something yep, yep, with yep, a bunch that's of guns. The one. Yeah, it went viral like a cl like it was just a picture of him caught when they were actually filming it, and nobody knew the context. <laughs> Everybody knew it was from a movie that wasn't out yet, and uh, it, yeah, it went viral. That it just Daniel Radcliffe in his pajamas with guns, just like when Harry Potter's finally had enough. He he strikes <laughs> me as the kind of guy who would eventually just go bananas and and run out the street with his yeah. uh, bathrobe on with two guns. But Here's V V, go ahead. Here's the thing about that is it's complete is completely out of context. The whole movie, like, and here's why it's such a horrible movie, is it doesn't follow the format at all. Like, basically, what they did is they they nailed guns to his hands. Like, that's what happens is he has to participate in. The, and I'm gonna spoil a lot of it for you, and I don't care because it's a shitty movie. And don't waste your money on Do it. Do it. Okay, so like, so basically, what he what happens is he's like forced into this like game where they nail guns to his hands, and he has to like kill this other person which happens to be a chick which is obviously even more unbelievable because it's ridiculous so like, so like the whole like first like 45 minutes to an hour of the movie is him running away oh, yeah. not fighting not fighting at all like not shooting at anything trying to like stop like he's got guns nailed to his hands he can't like tell people that he's like surrendering because they see him with weapons so literally like 90 like i'm not kidding 90 percent of the movie is him running away like not shooting guns accidentally shooting them like in wrong places and like it's just like ridiculous like like the worst part about it is at the beginning 
they, they do this buildup that makes you think it's going to be an exciting gunfighting movie. And so he goes, the first like line is like, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a hero and blah, 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 blah. And that's not at all what he portrays to the whole movie. Like the, the only way I can describe it to you is they nailed guns to a beta. That's what they did. They nailed guns <laughs> to a beta and they go, okay, get out there and, you know, figure it out. And so the whole movie, he's being chased by this chick who's like, this incredible stereotype of feminism, like incredible stereotype of feminism. And she's like kicking his ass and like shooting rocket launches at him. And he's just running away the whole time. And then for some reason, like at the, like at the act three, beginning of act three, they're all of a sudden teaming up and it doesn't even make sense. And so there's this count, like in movies, you have to do this thing. It's called the ticking clock. And it's like the, the more we know we have like a short, time the more the tension builds and so the way they did that in this movie is they gave you a an ammo count of his guns and so the whole movie he's like shooting off rounds like accidentally and losing rounds and then like at the end like literally like the last 20 minutes of the scene of the movie he finally like shoots it off all the rounds at these people where they do this raid and then the girl kills herself which is like ridiculous like she blows herself up it's like ridiculous but the whole movie like it's crazy okay the, the beginning he's got this ex-girlfriend that he wants to get back with and like that's kind of the start like this is where i go that's kind of the start of your average format where you go okay there's a girl that he's trying to win back right and so we go we go this is that's his reward right that should be his reward is that after all this crazy carnage that he goes through and like you know finally stands up and becomes a man he successfully wins his trophy right the girl and so the, that's what he says at the beginning and so the girl gets kidnapped um the girl gets kidnapped his, his girl quote unquote ex-girlfriend gets kidnapped and then he finally saves her and it's like cheesy rooftop scene and he like one last bullet shoots at the guy and misses and then the guy shoots at him and he gets up and they like beats him to death literally beats the bad guy to death and he goes and so this is where it gets so fucking dumb this is where i was like this is the fucking gayest movie i've ever seen it's like he had he's like losing all this blood and he's like bleeding out and so he has this image of him kissing the girl and like he won right and he goes the narration goes but that didn't happen because when a girl sees you beat up your blah 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 to death, she what? gets she gets PTSD and blah blah what? blah blah blah. And so it gets worse. What the hell? It gets, it gets worse. Like it's like they let somebody sane write and direct an entire movie and then just gave some activist the last five well, minutes. You know what? That's what that's exactly what V said when he was telling me about it. He said he said this movie was it's like it started out with one director and then it ended with a total SJW trans gay person. Like color. women she women are not trophies. yeah it's like someone was like women are not trophies to be won and like that's not how it should end and blah 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 but here's the thing and this is my argument for you for it and you can hate me if you want and you can hate this opinion if you want but this is like from a film standpoint when it comes to action movies especially like over-the-top gun action movies that are geared towards a male audience that love guns and action is that the winning the reward has to be something like that like a girl it's, with deeper. it's deeper than that this goes back to james campbell and the hero's journey here's a thousand thousand faces the monument yeah, well, exactly. classical humanities yeah. well that's what the, i'm getting the, at there's a if whole you let point me finish, that's like, <laughs> oh, you are getting it's not just because guys like guns but yeah sorry go continue and i'm sorry i ruined your point <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, the point is this, is that there has to be some sort of reward for every single thing that they've been to. And, like, for your average man, that is a woman. And, like, I don't care who you are, if you disagree with me, but the thing is, is, like, we, we 
feel like our accomplishments mean something if it's if it's appreciated by the opposite sex or at the least you get laid for it and like i know this is like people are all oh, probably not like fucking whatever this is like you know puts women objectified and like i'm the i'll be the first to tell you this i objectify women i do i see women as objects my whole goal in life is to have <laughs> a beautiful trophy wife that's my goal in life so that i can go places with her and people go god damn that dude has a fine ass wife and that to me brings pride and so, like, I thought about this argument before I, like, came on here and, like, spouted all this blah, blah, blah about it. And everybody goes, oh, what a horrible person he is. But here's the thing. And, like, this is what I, I want to add to my argument so that, like, maybe you understand. Is, like, imagine your wife or your girlfriend and you walk in on her getting plowed by some fucking ripped dude, like fucking Thor, Chris Hemsworth ripped dude, just like going to town on your wife, like plowing the shit out of her. Like, what is your first response to that? Anger, I'm curious. right? I'm Murder. Curious. Murder. <laughs> but why? Why do you feel that way? Well, I think it's when you have a... I, I see what you're getting at, V. When you have a marriage that's... So I come from a little bit of a different perspective in relationships, but we, we, we end up at the same point. We end up agreeing, and it's essentially that when you've got this mutual relationship and when you've got when you've got something established for somebody to just come in and tear it down, that it's it's a, it's being violated. It's 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 the... Ma okay, this is going to sound really spicy, but it's very similar to uh, to rape. It's just kind of like... Think of it as that, but secondhand. It's it's the same kind of thing. Whether whether it's consensual or not, but whether she's it's participating. So, like, whether it's consensual or not, it has that effect on a man. It's, it's exactly. You, and here's the thing: is people get married and they make this commitment to that other person, and they go forever and for all eternity, which I think is fucking lame. But they do that. And I don't. They, but, they but get married. Yeah. They get married and they go, oh, we're we're together forever and we're happy and never will this be violated or whatever. But that happens. Women cheat, men cheat, and that happens. And so we feel, and this is, again, this is my opinion, so you can refute it if you want, or you can brush it off or whatever. And so, so male, I think, from my personal perspective, we feel violated because we had this connection with that person and they belonged to us. We, we, they were ours, right? They yes, were ours. There's an exclusivity. That's, they were, they were ours. Okay, yeah. so that, using that terminology, that makes them a possession. And so in that sense, you just lost that possession. And so if you lose that possession, the only thing you can do is try to get it back in some way. And so this trophy of yours, the only way that you can achieve that is by going on a rampage. <laughs> Which is what, that's the whole point of these, these gun action movies is go on a rampage and get your woman back because she was yours and that was your trophy. You lose it, you get it back. And I know that's, you know, okay, I know that's not a popular opinion or whatever, but that's my opinion. And I, and I don't think some gay guns akimbo movie should ruin that concept for me because at the end I go, this guy, this main character that I'm supposed to empathize with was a fucking pussy through the entire movie, like total sissy, scared to fight back. And then when he finally does, he gets shown up by a chick that kills herself. And then when he finally accomplishes what he sets out to do, he gets nothing. He literally gets nothing for it. And it's like, what the, like, why would you even do it in the first place? Like, instead, just put that gun in your mouth. You're because you're I'll game. tell you, I can put you to the mindset of some of these uh, filmmakers, writers, directors, and so forth. There's a real poisonous trend right now, and it's been going on probably five, ten years. Um, there's this real trend of expectation subversion. 
there's this honest belief that if there's a plot twist or there's something that's unexpected that makes it good now obviously I could shoot you in the head and you totally wouldn't expect it no <laughs> just because something's different doesn't make it good I mean this should go without saying that should be obvious but honestly they really a lot of these insular types in Hollywood they really think that some kind of expectation subversion is a good thing and you can see it, it's rampant everywhere it's why Star Wars is dead um, pick pick your thing that's being bastardized by Disney right now and that's exactly what's going on but um, they've completely thrown out the narrative because they reject they, they reject what essentially is the narrative of human evolution the whole I mean it's it's imagine playing the first Super Mario where your princess is always in another castle and what happens when you get to the end where it's just like ah nah that's a really we, good argument I made amends I, with I Bowser I made amends with Bowser <laughs> we're cool now I'm marrying Bowser it's like wait whoa hold up what wait whoa whoa, whoa. Hold, hold up <laughs> like, that's what they're doing and they're just like yeah because because women are powerful too it's just like no 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 women, here, like, nobody I'll, conquers I'll, the dragon and I'll, and trying I'll to give, get something from it i'll give like some leeway to like the feminist because i think i like love like real feminists like real feminists i love real feminists but like this new wave of feminists feminist. is not like feminists at all it's just superiority but oh. like here's the thing is like there is like tough fem feminist like i really love wonder woman like my favorite like like quote unquote feminist movie right now is is wonder woman because she is like Probably the embodiment made what right recently Probably yeah i think of that i agree on yeah yeah because she's like not only is she like this sexual icon but she's also like this badass mofo and like that's awesome like it's so funny to me when i read that like they tried to put wonder woman in the feminist hall of fame or whatever and they were like no because she's a sex icon like <laughs> there's there's porno with wonder woman ugly women only <laughs> yeah yeah exactly no, we're yeah, healthy exactly. at every size well her hair isn't blue so yeah. what are your thoughts tom i know you were going to chime in and you, you were saying that you you were you understood what i was getting at but i kind of want to hear your opinion I'm I'm very interested to hear your opinion on this because I know the other day when I was telling you when I started to rant I was like I got a lot of things to say about this and so I I actually wanted to discuss it with you there but I thought it would be better if we did it for the show so um well no what I was going to say when when I said I know where you're going with this is I was going to say that's mine like you're messing with something that's mine like I work for this and how dare you so it it basically reverts to women being an object and it's impossible for somebody who gets upset about the fact that uh, their their spouse or their significant other or whatever is uh, being victimized by somebody else, even if she's a part of it, consensual or not, uh, that's still yours. And that's your property at that point when you start saying stuff like, you can't do that, that's mine. Like, why, it'd be like somebody coming in, kicking their shoes off and then, or rubbing their feet on your couch or whatever. You know, you're like, you can't do that, that's mine. How dare you? Um, so that's even if no matter what your opinion on women being objects is, uh, if you are offended or upset or feel betrayed uh, when somebody else is, you know, obviously uh, having sex with your wife, you know, you have reverted to this position of m misogyny, right? Like, that's mine. You can't. How dare you? Um, so you can't tell me that. That's mm -hmm. not you're, you're not objectifying women, um, right? Exactly, exactly. So, so that's I figured that's where you were going with it, and I'm yeah, glad it kind yeah, of played yeah. out that way. Uh, 
other than that, I mean, like, I, I don't disagree with anything that you said. I think, uh, I think feminism as a means of finding equality uh, um, with with males, I think it's already been achieved. I think Ooh. any kind of um, anything to the contrary of that is a stupid take. I think, uh, you know, we have all these civil rights. We have all these women's uh, equality. We have or equal, the EPA, the Equal Pay Act, right? Like they're talking about this. I'm like, the reason why you get paid less is because you are bad negotiators. So <laughs> if you come into it. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> uh, I'll say it. Because, you know, that's why uh, mechanics, that's why car salesmen, that's why anybody, uh, salesmen in general, who come door to door selling knives or encyclopedias, that's why they would rather talk to the wife. Um, in fact, my neighbor was just talking about this the other day. Uh, there's a woman who talks about selling books to, um, they go door to door and they sell these books for this company. And they're children's books. And they said, can we talk to your wife? And he's like, well, no, she's busy right now. And they're like, we'd really like to talk to your wife about uh, th these books that we're selling. And he said, "Right, no, we're not. And, and that's the thing, is right they would here. rather talk to women because women are bad negotiators and they're willing to just be like, oh yeah, okay, they're, they're you know not as smart. Thing, you know what's the funny thing about that too and in, in conversely is that um, women may not be good negotiators, but they're very good at getting men to do things. Very good. And I know yeah. this from experience oh, yeah. because I used to sell cars and like we had this car sales chick who, I was, who unrelated I was banging for a long time <laughs> but she was gorgeous she was like this chilanga from Mexico City so she had like she was literally like a Hispanic porn star that's the only way I can describe it to you is that's what she looked like and so like she would sell cars to men all the time because she'd wear these low-cut shirts and then she'd just get them to like buy stuff like nodding yes the whole time like you know they say all you got to do is not get the person to nod a thousand times and they'll do anything right and that's what she would do and she it was always like dude like young dudes man and she'd get them to do anything oh you want to well, buy this not, car blah, it's blah, not blah. particularly hard to lose in a business negotiation when the part of your brain you should be using to negotiate is replaced with don't look down don't look down don't look down don't look down and so, yeah, that's um, that's not particular. Yeah, it's the it's the woman card, and it's pretty powerful. So, yeah, exactly. So it makes it a lot easier. Which is funny because, like, that's which I think you know, I obviously, and I've said this before, is I think the idea of equality is a lie, and that we all just really want superiority. But like, which is better? Like, honestly, it's better. It's better for society. But like this equality stuff, like, man, it's so funny to me right now. Like, like what? Like. Being equal means lowest common denominator. <laughs> you know what? I saw a thing uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, V. I think I even shared it with you. Um, somebody said <laughs> that uh, women want equality, not superiority, which implies that they don't have ambition, which is why men are superior. <laughs> so that was a... Uh... No, no, the, here's, the, here's the take that balances the two arguments. So a lot of times you'll have... Um you'll have people who make the one case or the other especially from the left you get the feminine argument it's not even men versus women necessarily it's masculinity versus femininity and you have to understand that because you'll get leftist men who will make the same they'll make the same arguments and yes yes the beta males will make the same arguments as women because it's a feminine thing so anyway the uh the thing is the yin yang of women is men are competitive and women are cooperative and those serve for certain biological fun functions because men have to compete in the world in order to support family and organization and make the reproduction of children sustainable right. across yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And women are, you know, are the distributors of that. I mean, 
I'm not going to, we don't have to discuss how women spend money with, to, for you to understand. <laughs> we don't even have to go there. We don't even have to discuss that because you understand that they are the distributors. And so it is their goal to make sure that their children are treated equally. And that's something that we have as humans that even some animals don't have my, my where they just kick life, out the runt. But uh, my we goal don't in do life that. is to meet a tro is to get a trophy wife that's like gorgeous, like 10 top tier, 10 gorgeous, that just wants to spend my money. <laughs> that's literally my goal in life but even though I come from the other side regarding objectification we all both end up at the same place and I think I hope that people see that that you don't have that the truth isn't something that you have to come at from one direction um, the uh, but the that, that's the I think that's the yin and yang and there's this unfortunate drive for equity and equality where they're trying to say that yang has a black dot in it and it should share with yin because that's sexist. How come it gets all of the black dot? And it's just like, okay, let's think about this really hard for a minute. <laughs> that, that you have to, and I think my position when it comes to objectification is you have to understand that they are people too. They are that women are humans too. And if you can break through that, you can really build meaningful relationships by recognizing that there are complex creatures that have hormones, thoughts, desires, goals, and start to see them as complex as every single one of us is. But um, fundamentally, you have to remember that they're not interested in competing. They're interested in everyone being equal. And both of those forces are really important in our society. But because we've denied them and we've told women that they have to compete to be the most sexually attractive, and we've told men, how dare you compete, patriarchal, they, they, they just... You, you, we know the arguments that they throw at us all the right. time. We're, we're straight white men or whatever or whatever we are. We're, we're the bad guys. So, yeah. Mexican. I'm Mexican. Sure. Well, <laughs> we're not sufficiently so, people of color because we don't agree with them or something like yeah. that. I don't know. So this is for anybody at home who's wondering why we brought on Rob. Uh, it was for this reason specifically is he was going to bring the balance to uh, Mind yeah, and V's, right? like, hatred of the feminist <laughs> argument and our like constantly badgering women in general and then like the non-existent argument for women like on this show that we, that we get we, yourself here's my advice on feminism find yourself a woman who hates feminism more than you do if they exist <laughs> so well here's what i always tell people i say because right now this is a big thing and you'll see it everywhere and not just in like the incel movement or whatever like you know people always talk about like the guys who are the the um, MGTOW, uh, men go their own way, the incel movements, like that sort of stuff. Like you'll see these guys who are just like, I'm not really that interested in women, but I'm not gay because I'm I'm, I'm not into guys. I'm not I'm, I'm sexually attracted to women, but I'm not into that. Like I'm not going for it. I'm not interested in trying to pursue that right now. Um, but you'll see it in a lot, like everywhere. Like right now, there's this big movement for where guys are like really just not interested in girls who are really slutty and walk around in like short skirts and you know they have their boobs hanging out and stuff i'm not into that i'm really more interest, interested in any you know like the tattoos and the piercings and the you know just the general overall sluttiness or whatever they're like i'm not into that i'm i'm, I'm more interested in the like the conservative appeal like the woman who dresses nicely more conservatively more appropriately i'm more into that than i am the you know the thought or whatever you know that that hoe over there um, you know, like, like they're not into that anymore. And you're seeing more and more of that everywhere. And people and women are getting very upset by that because they've, they've built a career around this. Well, you know, if guys are into slutty girls, I'm going to be a slutty girl. I'm going to dress up like a slutty cat for Halloween. I'm going to dress up like a <laughs> slutty Cinderella for Halloween or whatever. You know, like that, that became the thing for a long time. And now guys are like, I'm not really into that. I'm really more interested in a girl who's going to be able to be a good mother figure for my children um and 
I, that's when they say like conservatism is the new counterculture. That's I, I think a lot of what that's they're talking is. about. <laughs> like well, people are all of a sudden wait, rebelling by being more interested in the the conservative ideals of a woman um and furthermore when i talk to people about this i'm like here's the here's what you do this is where you find a girl because you see a lot of guys who go out and they find a girl on like tinder or they find a girl on uh who, who, or at a bar or whatever you know they find girls in like these weird places i'm like if you want a long lasting relationship if you're looking for someone who's going to be a good wife like one that you can trust one that's going to be a good mother to bear your children and that sort of stuff uh, go find a woman who's at work. So, I mean, just when you're working, when you're going about your business and you're uh, uh, frequenting establishments, if you find a woman working there, that's a great one because you know she's career-oriented. She's got a job. She's interested in... She's not uh, relying wholly on somebody else to provide her living. Uh, you can find a girl at church, right? That's another good one. Um, that is probably one of the best ones because you, you know, need to have similar value systems for a relationship you stand sustainable nah, across you know time. The, so if you, you know, are religious, it's not a bad idea. You know what the best one is to me right now? Like, you know what I'm so unbelievably attracted to right now? Are these sexy ass black Republican chicks, man? Candace Owens and like these chicks, Ooh, man. They're, so, they're so smart and so gorgeous, dude. And I'm like, man, they got good, good head on their shoulders. They know what they're talking about. They're critical thinkers. Like, how fucking attractive is that, dude? You know what I mean? <laughs> and plus, they're not, they're not roped into the narrative of you look this way, you have to act this way, and you yeah, have exactly. to support this thing. Right. But James jumped in the chat and he said he's talking about me again. I absolutely am because I told him a long time ago, and this is this is an <laughs> argument I have with a lot of people, uh, people who are talking about using Tinder uh, to find love and all that, yeah. and to to meet girls. I was like, don't find a girl on a cell phone app because that is like, uh... you, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hear me out. Uh, I get I get where you're going with it, yeah. The majority, I'm not going to say all of them, but I will yeah, say the a, majority of the women who exclusively use cell phone apps like Tinder, which is not designed for finding love, let's be honest. Uh, it's designed for, for finding something part. else. For the most part, um, right. But, you know, you don't find a girl on a cell phone app because the majority of those women have some kind of hidden problem, whether or not that, and not necessarily is it a problem, but a hidden thing that you're going to have to overcome, right? Uh, for instance, kids. That's a very popular one for those types of girls. Like, you'll find a lot of girls on there who have kids, um, which isn't a problem. If you you can be a great stepdad, that's great. Uh, but there's a lot of guys who are, like, the first, they're looking for their, their like, their one and only, their, fu you, their future, you, can, yeah. you know. Especially uh, young guys. As a young right, guy, right. you don't want to, like, pick up something halfway through. You don't want right. to pick up something that's already in progress. You're kind of like, I'd like to start a family, not just pick up one that's lying around. So, yeah. Right. So that's – and then on top of that, you have a lot of women who are like um, – on those apps, you know, all you see is the face. All of a sudden you meet her and she's got like a hook hand and she's 400 pounds. Now, that's for some people. That's not for everybody. Also, on top of that, you've got women who are psychologically damaged. You have a lot of psychologically damaged women who are on that app. Um but then, you know, that's that's the sort of stuff that you have to deal with. And I actually got kicked out of some group chats over that. Uh, because, <laughs> you know me, like, I'll speak my mind on something. If I have an opinion, I'll just say it. And when it comes up in conversation, and if, especially if somebody asks me my opinion and I give them a bad opinion, which is my opinion. My opinions are often considered bad because I don't filter them. 
Um, and so somebody had brought up the topic of Tinder, and I said, "Listen, if you have to resort to timber, or timber to Tinder uh, to find love, there's something wrong with you, whether you recognize it or not." And again, I'm not speaking a hundred percent to everybody, but I am the majority. A lot of those I... women's you'll find they have some kind of issue that they have to resort to that. So go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan, please. Help polish that into where you are hitting everybody. I would say that it's not necessarily that there's something wrong with you or them. It may be that there's something wrong with our culture overall because unfortunately people who are trying to do things the right way, and I've seen a lot of this, and I've talked with a lot of guys who have views similar to you guys' is we're all getting sucked into this position where we're all going over the cliff as a civilization where people aren't able to make any of this work. And the one thing I would say you got to keep coming back to in the back of your head is what do the women think of where we're at right now? And a lot of the times they're saying the same exact things that we're saying. They're trying to figure out where I can't find a good guy. And the guys are saying, I can't find a good girl. And I'm like trying to grab them and slam them together because they're all decent people. I'm like, we can do this. We can do this. And I will say that the apps are where society's going. You've got to be very careful treading them because they have a lot of negative consequences. But there are a few people who you'll be able to tell by the bio and other things whether they're looking for a hookup. If they're not making sexual innuendo, um, there's another app that was launched that was much smaller that was intended to be a clone for my own church. And that's how my uh, brother actually met his wife. And it was it's basically Tinder. But uh, their conversation started something like pancakes or waffles. And then the other one said waffles are unmatch me. And uh, they basically got into a meme war. And uh, that's how they ended up falling in love and getting married. But uh, that can happen. It's not sustainable ones across time have a lot to do with values and the fact that they have the same sense of humor and we come from similar cultures i mean they lived in, they lived in the same state at the time that that kind of stuff it does help to to cause a relationship to mesh and it, a relationship for the long term is something you have to work at once you're into one but i would just say that that people need to not be too black-pilled about our culture and remember that the opposite sex that you're trying to attract a lot of times they're in the same boat they're being told lies the women are told to behave a way you don't want them to the guys are behaving are being told to behave a way they don't want you to and you have to try and figure out what is it that the girls who are not insane want which is hard when you can't find them because the whores are the ones that are all over the internet and so oh, it's, it's hard. but bear in mind <laughs> i'm just saying like how much porn i have to scrub off my twitter timeline even though like my circle is almost exclusively safe for work it's just unbelievable it shows up in the trending tags just like don't be horny on main okay like you can go hey, watch hey, porn, uh, but... hey real quick real quick can we um can we do we address everybody in the chat you know we usually do that and then tom you can do your shot oh yeah yeah, yeah. we can do yeah. that because we're, pretty, we're pretty close to running over on our, our model yeah our yeah let me let me do it real quick I got, uh, let's see, King Cracker in the chat. We got Megabit Banch. We got a lot of people today. It's about 13. We're at Sassy Squatch, good old Sassy Squatch. Jay Coop, my boy, and Mike in Manitoba. Um, I think even Jameis, I seen him in there. Let me see. Yep, yeah, there he is. You had me at game with Jameis. Jameis is in there. And anybody else that I miss, you guys, we love you guys. I do enjoy uh, tweeting with you guys and, you know, sharing our, our oh-so-wonderful friendship. <laughs> so, And I don't mean that sarcastically. I'm... I'm sincere 
I've found that, that most of my, my my friends yeah. on yeah no 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 I I found that most of my friends on uh, Twitter are way better friends than people I have in like real life. Um, right. Present, I've had that present too. company ex- included. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, <laughs> um, no, but uh, what what are we cheersing to today? I have a proposition. Maybe we can do it a twofer. I do Megabit Banshee. I saw him in the uh, chat, right? And mm-hmm. hopefully he's still there. His, um, I think I talked about this a little bit last week, but his wife is always posting pictures of their, they have like a chicken coop. Hey, stop. Come on. Come on, Diesel. Um, he's knocking the camera all over the place. But she posts pictures of these chickens that uh, that Megabit and she have that are that, that they're raising, and they're baby chickens, and they're the cutest thing. And I'm always harassing her because she'll put, like, regular pictures on Instagram, and I'm like, where are the baby chicks? Like, that's what I come here for. And so I, I do want to, and I've, the more I've gotten to know and gotten to talk to Megabit uh, offline or whatever, the more I realize, like, he's a super cool dude, and I do encourage you to follow him on uh Instagram if you don't because he, he posts a lot of cool stuff and if you want to see the, the farm that they're raising there uh, I'm not going to post their information or whatever but Megabit that's on you and your wife to discuss if you want to share your Instagram stuff in the chat I highly recommend them because they do post some really cool pictures of uh, the garden that they have too uh, Megabit he has a dragon uh, snapdragons was the type of flower that he just grew and had sprout and they're really cool to look at and you know me I'm a big uh, I'm a big nerd for um, gardening, so I do like to watch their stuff, uh, and I would like to cheers to the uh, to the Banshee, Mister and Mrs. Banshee, um, and their uh, <laughs> and their chickens. So that's one. Okay. Did you want to do one right, for uh, you know uh, Guns Akimbo as well? <laughs> the fuck no, man. <laughs> I'd rather take a dump on that movie. <laughs> I'll do I'll do one to shoot them up because it uh, it it stays true to like the the genre. You know, I'll I'll I'll, t- I'll do a toast and shoot oh, him up. I can agree yeah. to that. I like that movie. I do you like know, Clive I, I, Owen. He's a great actor too. He's yeah, like, he's great. He's, he's like really super cool. underrated, isn't he? Yeah. Remember when he was uh, Dwight on uh, Sin City? Yep. And he, he had sure those, was with he his had red sneakers. Red, yep. The red, red uh, chucks. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He was good in that movie. I like him in a lot of stuff. The Closer. That's another good one. But. Hey. Yeah. Oh yeah, brother. So what are we talking about today? What do we? Uh, uh, mm, we got a good one today, huh? Today's gonna be fun. I'm actually pretty excited because well, we had originally discussed a few things about what we we're gonna do for the show today, and there was like a few ideas pumping around. But then you threw one at me. Uh, was it today or yesterday? And like, I was just like, this is so relevant right now, especially with some of the stuff that we've seen today. I think uh, I think it should be interesting uh, to get some discussion going on here. And I hope I hope the audience too gets involved in the discussion because this one is uh, it's it kind of makes you cringe a little bit. <laughs> But uh, it's it'll be fun. You know what? I, I want to. I'm gonna go ahead and start it out and say because normally I don't come up with the name of the episode until I'm doing the description and everything. Right. But this right, one right. we already had a name picked out <laughs> because um, <laughs> because of who kind of like gave us the idea to, of what to talk about. Are you done? Okay. <clears throat> I thought Xander was leaving. Um, Oh, Xander's still there. Huh? He's still here. Yeah, he's still he's hanging. That. Huh? Yeah, he sure is. He's oh, been on his phone playing uh, uh, cr- Crash of Clans. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what, nice. was, what was the game that we made up? <laughs> yeah, Crash of Clans. Um, but yeah, the episode tonight. <laughs> the episode tonight with the with the Confederate uh, eight bits. <laughs> oh, no, that's the sailors. The the uh, sailors hornpipe. The Gosh, I wish I remembered oh what I, I, I might have to pull that um, that eight bit version yeah. of 
uh, Dixieland or whatever. Dixieland, yeah, that's what it was. Oh, you weren't playing Crash of Clans right now? <laughs> oh, Clash Royale. Um, but no, today's episode is actually going to be called uh, You Had Me at Melvin Gibsonstein. <laughs> <laughs> um, because uh, Mel Gibson is the inspiration for this episode and I don't know if you've ever heard it maybe I'll have to share the video or whatever there's a song uh, done by Rucka Rucka Ali called um, Hitler's Suicide Note and it's, yeah, one, of, yeah, yeah. it's one of my favorites um, especially by him it's, it's so funny um, but it's, ba it's literally like uh, Hitler talking about um, to the tune of uh, it's a Katy Perry song. Um, what the is, heck that is that the? Song? Um, it's not it's fireworks. Not the, not the one that was on the interview. Uh, I don't no, want to. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't fireworks. It was. It was another one. Oh, Anyways, um, that's such a great scene in that movie too. It really is. is. Katy Perry, like I always joke about, that's like her. Her music <laughs> is the the soundtrack yeah. to my life. <laughs> But um, but yeah, it's a in one of the lines in the song is talking about how uh, until he's reincarnated as Tom Cruise, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna leave it up to uh, Melvin Gibsonstein to to spread the message of the Nazi Party, and but anyways, Mel, Mel Gibson is a very outspoken uh, individual on like he's he's like the famous version of of us in that he just says whatever's in his heart and one of his big things is he's very uh um i don't, I wanna, don't, wanna I don't go. wanna what is it um, <laughs> what is it katie perry uh <laughs> it's that word it's, it's the one where it's like everyone in high school <laughs> oh that's yeah the, i don't uh, remember what it is the one from white chicks and uh black no 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 that's vanessa carlton that's another lady um oh but yeah, Mel Gibson, he just... He's, he's, I'm just out there. You, yeah, you're way like, off. Like, this is... Katy Perry <laughs> didn't come around until, like, 2000... What? Seven? Eight? Something really? like that? Yeah, she was... She's relatively young in the music industry. Why do I know 2007, 2008? Because her... Uh, um, I, I Kissed a Girl and Liked It. That came out the year that I was coming... That we came back from Iraq, actually, 2008. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 Because I remember I was in a bar, and I was like, what is this song? Like, somebody was playing it. But we were, like, the only ones in the bar, too, so I'm like, I could kind of, like, get down to it a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, um, That's the alcohol. Go ahead, get yeah. down to it. Yeah. I wasn't even I wasn't even drunk at the time. I, I can just... Red. Like, I'm telling you, I, I like Katy Perry's music, and I respect her as a musician. I used to. Um, not so much anymore now that she's got like blue short hair and she like is oh, pushing yeah. she this feminist weird, weird agenda. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Mel Gibson he starts talking about uh, a lot of anti. He's been on a lot of anti-Semitic rants, a lot of racist mm -hmm. rants, a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Um, it might be the one that got away. That might be the one. Um, I love listening to people who are wrong for, or people I may disagree with or anybody if they just say crap. I, that's probably why I need to listen to some of this Mel Gibson stuff you're talking about because he might say some stuff that I'm like oh boy <laughs> he might cite some statistics people don't want to hear and stuff well, so that's, anyway I'm curious to see what he's thing. up to because I haven't heard about this you should listen to his um, you should listen to some of Mel Gibson's uh, very angry rants um, part of me wants to pull them up maybe I will while we're talking about it but he talks about um, the uh, no not right now get up uh but the um, 
Yeah, he talks about a lot of things that just uh, about anti-gay stuff, anti-Jew mm-hmm. stuff, racist stuff, um, like anti-black specifically stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like his thing. And, and he's been recorded saying a lot of these things. And he's said them during interviews. And one of the funny things I watched is I watched a bunch of Mel Gibson interviews leading up to this. Uh, just to be prepared, there was one that came out back when he did the Edge of Darkness, and he um, somebody interviewed him over you know VTC or whatever, and they were asking him. He, finally, the dude was like, "So, do you think the public is going to react differently to you now after all this? <laughs> after all these things that you've said that you've whatever?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And he goes, well, you know, the the stuff that came up, he's like, that was like four years ago, dude. Like, I got over it. Like, clearly you haven't. And then and then the dude right. ends up, ends the interview, and he's like, all right, well, thank you, uh, Mel, for joining us. And, uh, and then Mel Gibson, he thinks the camera's off, and he's sitting there with his coffee, and he's like, yeah, have a good one. Asshole. <laughs> and, and like, he's just like, that's the guy that Mel Gibson is. And if you watch some of his, I love it. <laughs> his interviews, he's very funny. Like, he's a very funny dude, but he's got that stigma attached to him where it's like he's untouchable in Hollywood for his some of his opinions, which are no different than many other people in Hollywood. For instance, I recently read about this whole Marky Mark thing. Uh, they said, what's the difference between Mel Gibson and Marky Mark? Well, Marky Mark hasn't been recorded saying the things that he says. And, <laughs> and that, that was, um, and but he does have his whole own section on Wikipedia regarding hate crimes <laughs> from back in the <laughs> 80s and 90s. Uh, which is like something to be proud of, I guess. Like, you know, that's for you to be like the poster child, be super famous, but still have a section like a black mark on your Wikipedia, uh, which is now, let's be honest, Wikipedia is like the place people go when they want to learn about somebody. If you have a whole hate crime section, but you're still one of Hollywood's top paid actors, um, that's something to, I guess, probably be proud of because it kind of counteracts the fact that. Uh, you know, you're paid so well and you're so popular, even with this scar, like, what does that say about people like Claire Danes? You know, who have been nothing but a sweetheart her entire career in Hollywood, and she still sucks. You know, like, uh, people need to, like, look at themselves, take an objective look at themselves and realize, well, maybe I suck at this, maybe I shouldn't be in Hollywood. (laughs) But, But anyways, Mel Gibson, he inspired us to do this episode because of something that I read, and I'm going to quote him here. Hollywood is an institutionalized pedophile ring. It is a den of parasites who feast on the blood of children. Every studio in Hollywood is bought and paid for with the blood of innocent children. That is Mel Gibson uh, who said that. <laughs> Part of me wants to look up some of the other funny things that, that makes, he said. You but... know, like, wait, like that, like when you, I think that you said sense. that to me not too long ago, but I, I remember when I read it, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that makes you want to start that? asking questions. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, what does that mean? Like, are you being metaphorical? (laughs) Is that literal? I think it's being somewhat metaphorical, but only slightly, and in reference to very particular things that come top down from the Harvey Weinstein's of the world. The uh, damage that caused Michael Jackson to become Michael Jackson. Like, there's definitely been crap in Hollywood for a long time, and child actors basically just assume you're going to have your life wrecked. You're going to turn into Lindsay Lohan and and it'd be a miracle if you don't die of an overdose. Like, it's just, 
and what happened to them as a kid that made them turn out that way. You can only wonder, you know? Well, here's a thought, too, and it's something that we've discussed, like, many times on the show is the abortion angle. Like, think about all these, like, weird things that happened. Like, we're talking about Harvey Weinstein. Like, people that he banged or chicks that he banged and, like, things that we don't know about, right? We probably will never know about or people that were impregnated by, like, the casting couch situation and they go well i want to make this movie so i'm going to abort this baby otherwise i'm not going to have the body i want for this movie and so like to me when you talk about like paved with the bodies of dead children like that's kind of my first instinctual thought is like oh he probably means all the abortions <laughs> but then again there's some weird stuff too that like this man this whole like and we're, we'll get into it later like i don't want to give away too much about that but there's some other stuff too that's like it makes you go, what the, f- what the fuck is going on over there? Look at these people. I think the one thing, whenever people bring up some of the com- the topics that we're, we're going to get into, I think one of the things I would prefix it with is make sure that you try and approach a sophisticated view of good and evil, because it's very easy to think that people that we that are on the other side or quote unquote, or are people we disagree with that they're evil, they're bad, that everything I don't like is Hitler. And so it's very easy to characterize people as monsters. What you have to do is remember that the road to hell is paved with good intentions and that they keep making these small bad decisions in their life and that gets them to where they are. And that's why our country is a mess in the political space because politicians are people just like us. They're just like, I just don't want to get fired from my job. I just want to get this next re-election and then maybe I can. And so they just keep selling out and selling out and selling out. And that's what happens with the whole casting couch crap. Mm-hmm. It's well, the it's same all thing, abstract, but just no matter remember, how you look at it, you know. But just remember that if you got to put yourself in a position to figure out how you could become the monsters you're describing to really understand what's really going on because people start coming up with crazy conspiracy theories but there is a lot of real horrific stuff that just happens one step at a time you boil a frog one degree at a time and so that you just have to learn realize how you get there but you bear that in mind when we discuss some of these people well i I didn't like to be hold on guys hold on guys i just refer to them Hold on, we do Those have. Monsters, uh, I just said, what the fuck? Oh, is... some of them. Mel Gibson is actually trying to chime in here. Yeah, what's going on? I'm getting uh, getting a little feedback here. Yeah, I'm just saying. Going... Look, I'm I'm just saying that uh, the the concept of uh, good and evil is abstract. So no matter how you look at it, what a person deems a monster doesn't necessarily that you know another person deems them a monster. So it's all relative, right? Like I could, you could eat babies, and uh, I would go, "Oh, well, that's probably not a good thing." You I know. I just got a modest proposal for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, my philosophy is we're all monsters. We just have to learn how to control it, and some of us do, and some of us don't. <laughs> I'm a bit Hobbesian, perhaps, but anyway. I, I, I it's an interesting perspective. I just, uh, mine's probably the antithesis. I think that uh, we're all gods trying to become gods. And so we have this concept of perfection that we're trying to achieve. Oh, I don't think those is, are incompatible. Which yeah. is impossible. I don't think they're incompatible. I, so I agree with that. I do have here some of Mel Gibson's controversial uh, <laughs> Let's go! Let's if you want to hear them, if you're curious, uh, let's hear some of the things that Mel Gibson had to say. For instance, if you're wondering, um, he says fucking Jews. The Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world. Alright, that was one. And I think everybody's heard that one. Uh, threaten you? I'll put you in the fucking Rose Garden, you cunt. You understand that? Because I'm capable of it. You understand that? A woman should be at home with the children. That's one I can get behind. Um, <laughs> what the, 
<laughs> you look you look like a fucking pig in heat, and if you get raped by a pack of um, black gentlemen, it will be your fault. Uh, I'm going to come over and burn the fucking house down, but you'll blow me first. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> these are these one, are um, yeah these I'm are. I'm gonna have to remember that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's something he has to say about political correctness. All right. I'm a politically incorrect. That's true. Political correctness to me is just intellectual terrorism. I find that really scary, and I won't be intimidated into changing my mind. Everyone isn't going to love you all the time. So this is the this is the sort of individual that we're glamorizing on this on this episode. You had me at Bigfoot, um, but I did want to I did want to. Uh... That dovetails really nicely with what I. <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Did you say something? Say oh, there you are. I was just going to say that dovetails really nicely with what I've referred to on Twitter as intellectual predation and intellectual <laughs> predators. He calls it intellectual terrorism. It's the same thing. No, it's the idea is they, they come in and they start an argument and they bait you into saying something that gets you purged. It's just <laughs> it's it's intellectual predation is what it is. And a lot of times the meme people and the people who are really good at playing the game fall for it because they're like, you want to go, you want to go. And they, they, they manage to just set a trap. Someone steps in and they're banned from Twitter. And <laughs> It's but it's the same. That's kind of got to respect it. A little, you got to respect it like a I little know. bit. Though. You gotta, yeah, you got to give them credit just for playing the game. They're and dedicated though. Sometimes <laughs> they don't have jobs. They they there's a certain there's a some certain subreddit on Reddit that uh that a lot of them hang out on. They all have mysterious genders. There's a lot of patterns that they follow, and there's it's always the same tactic. If I need to get these people who I think are Hitler supporters banned and therefore and they employ these strategies that people who are normally people like us who are normally really good at playing the game I'm one of the only people in my in my close friends on Twitter who isn't on their second or third or tenth or twentieth account because I've managed to detect <laughs> uh oh uh oh they're setting traps and I block them I just like nope we're not playing that game yeah. Tom uh, what what happened to Fat Baggins <laughs> uh, well I used to have an account speaking of uh, something you said earlier Rob. Uh, Fat Baggins was my old alternate account, <laughs> and um, that was my personal one, or like not associated with you had me at Bigfoot. Um, but it was uh, it was removed because I told a journalist that he needed to learn to code like three times. <laughs> like I told yep. the same one three times. I uh, one the of first the time I said it, I got suspended shortly. They made me delete it, and then the second time I got suspended for like a week. I think it was twelve hours, and then it was a week. And then on the third time, rather than telling him again to his face or, like, letting him know or whatever that I said, I just took a screenshot of where they said, this is the tweet that we had to remove that you're being uh, suspended for and a week for. No. And I made, really? it, I made it into my pinned tweet, and then I got suspended. That's what they got me. <laughs> but while we're, while we're here, while, well, they did it. And, and hopefully one day it. I'll get my, uh, my fat bag the time, which is why Trump's going to come down hard on him, but... Um, but while while you've got the camera on me, while, while I've got a moment to talk, I do want to plug because uh, Yakov is in the chat right now, and I'm wearing stand my up, stand up and yeah, show it to us. This is my uh, not really see it. my my Skinwalkers tapes shirt. Says, yeah, there you go. Worry about it with the Wendigo. <laughs> so finally came in the mail uh, yesterday, I believe, and and I promised him that I was going to wear it today on the show. Nice. So uh, I cross promotion for the win. Let's uh. Yakov, if you want to share the little uh, the link there or whatever, uh, it'd be greatly appreciated. Go and check it out. I know he's got a new shirt on there too, and 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 this is the big thing that we're doing now uh, between the the various 
uh, YouTube programs that we associate with, the big thing that we're pushing right now is merchandise. <laughs> and so, because that's where we get our money. That's the only place that we get our money. I think we're up to, somebody actually bought stickers. Some, uh, you, you had me nice. on Bigfoot stickers today. Nice. So, um, yes, thank you, whoever that was. It doesn't tell me who it is, but uh, yeah, this is that's where we make our money, and then the money ends up going into the show and whatever. And hopefully we get a little bit better each time with each purchase. Because <laughs> um, I don't ever use it for anything, uh, you know, for me really i just I, I had to buy a bunch of crap for the show and here we are but yeah that's that's where we make most of our money we we're actually talking about this offline the other day and so go buy his stuff and uh you know <laughs> but I, yeah. I got this one because i'm like I'm, I'm a big fan of the wendigo obviously we talked about the wendigo way back mm -hmm. in the day and had a lot of fun with that episode so mm -hmm. so i ended up with this one but yeah that's uh what, where where were we at, Rob? Were you uh, were you continuing on with something before I interrupted you about what happened to no, Fat Baggins? No, I was just I was just my eyebrows were raised by. There's some stuff that goes on with Twitter. It's like you did nothing wrong. Like you, that, the third mm -hmm. one at least, it's just like you're not allowed to post how Twitter functions. Like this seems a little sketch, but uh, they they just there's some people in, inside of Twitter who who get to pull the the lever and they if they decide you're going to go it doesn't matter if it's in violation of their current company policy you end up gone it's happened to famous people and it's unfortunately you're not one of the chosen ones who gets to scream elsewhere in society and get it back but uh and it, i just was wow one of the tips though with the whole in, intellectual predation is never directly reply to them with stuff that they're going to try and report because that's the key is whenever you're in the in the mentions underneath it's like oh you're harassing them oh it's harassment they're getting replies they don't want oh help me even though we've got so many features for them to block mute hide replies there's a thousand ways for them to deal with it but well, oh you know, help me you know I'm getting what i really repressed. like that um, help help tom, i'm being repressed tom has really actually given me a, a good mantra whenever i get frustrated about things and i go oh these freaking blah 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 liberal this that and the other and i go i go right, i want to say something then i like i'm like really trying hard not to like rant or like be that guy i guess you could say and then tom has told me before he says you gotta you gotta think of it like this it's it's like trying to help a snapping turtle you know like every time you reach to flip them back over they're gonna snap at you you know and i think that's the which tom he has a way with analogies that's yeah. always you want me to tell you that i can i can give you the whole analogy and i and i absolutely I encourage everybody to use this i wouldn't analogy. have brought it up yeah. um if you want to help somebody and this is key right now in this very toxic very volatile environment that we're in when you try to help somebody by explaining to them something your particular beliefs or maybe perhaps the best course of action that they should take um, treat them like you would a turtle in general if you see a turtle in the road you want to help it right you want to help that turtle get to the other side of the road and turtles Here's a fun fact. If you are helping a turtle across the road, help it in the direction that its face is headed because that's where it's going. So don't try to like, even if they're like right next to the left side of the road, move them to the right side of the road because they're moving, they're moving to the other side. So, but if you try to pick them up and they don't bite at you, help them. Go nuts. Like your car's pulled over, you're safe. There's no one coming. Go grab the turtle, move them to the side of the road, get back in your car and drive away. That's when you help somebody and they're receptive to the help and they're receptive to that information that's great you've helped them and whether they do what they do with that information is it's on them at that point but you've done your part if you go to pick them up and they snap at you they get you, you know you drop them real quick and then you're like okay well i know how to pick up a snapping turtle which you're supposed to grab them from the back of the shell lift them up and move them over but if they continue to snap and it becomes a situation where it's unhealthy for or unsafe for you at that point, you, there's nothing you can do. You get back in your car and you drive away and bingo, hope that it makes it. Bingo. 
you do the same thing with people who are like radical about these opinions that you disagree with if they continue to lash out at you even if they wanted your advice to begin with if they lash out at you repeatedly let them go just say all right cool and then you know go on your separate ways because at a certain point it becomes toxic for you and why would you want that in your life you're welcoming that negative energy into your life by continuing to associate with that person or in the case of a snapping turtle you're welcoming the potential for harm and losing a finger or a chunk of your arm or whatever like you don't want that so just treat them like you would a turtle as soon as they start snapping let them go and then then you're you've done your part that's the most you can do that's the best you can do so that's my that's my opinion on it and i do i do i tell that to everybody there's a great little trick you can do too if you want to try and put yourself if you let's say you really care about this person and you you're in a bad situation with them and they're the turtle snapping at you so one of the things you can do and there's a whole bunch of gifts and memes people post on twitter to this effect um dogs fighting each other through a window and then you open the door and they no longer fight each other and they're cool now um, what you've got to do is you've got to change the context a lot of times people who are really toxic every now and then you can dm somebody if you can get them in a one-on-one where there's nobody else seeing you suddenly they might turn into a different person and you right. might be able to solve it um but there's a simpson one that floats around where two dogs get that are trying to kill each other have their chains torn off and they look at each other and I'm like oh hey and they just kind of walk off <laughs> you know what my uh, my favorite response to the snapping turtles my favorite response these days now is to just say i can't relate to that <laughs> like i can't i can't relate to that or i say i'm not like you the, and um, like it, yeah, I like on American history or on, Amer- on American history x that's that's a perfect one for this climate but american yeah. psycho when he's like i just don't have anything in common with you yeah, then, <laughs> yeah exactly that's, that's how yeah, i exactly. Go ahead, V. Yeah. yeah, no, I was just going to say that's that's kind of how I go. Um, my cousin, he's, he's kind of like – well, I've t- told you about him. He's this, mm. this like ex-con. He's like this retarded ex-con that like blames everything on his comeuppance. Like, oh, I, I was doomed from the beginning. Like that's his, well, what he always says. And like he'd always go into these things about why like his problems are somebody else's fault and this, this, and that. And I'd always be like, I can't relate to that. Like I – I take responsibility for every dumb action I've ever done in my life, you know, and then like I like when it comes down to it, I go, I go, I'm not like you. That's just what I tell him every time. Every time I would tell him, well, I'm not like you, dude. <laughs> I'm not. like, And I have to like remind people that, you know, often because, you know, it, and and I know like I, I tend to say it's unpopular way of thinking or maybe unique or um, when I used to have to talk to psychiatrists all the time, I'd say I'd say, well, you know, I'm. I'm not like the others, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I have this way of thinking. That's not a popular way of thinking. And you know, it's, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it. I guess, um, it's unconventional, you know, I think, um, whereas, you know, I, I fall under specific categories, but at the same time, I, I kind of try to consider myself an anomaly because there are some things even like, uh, you know, we always act like, well, I know we tend to like, be this like far left whatever and like i always joke and say stuff like that but the truth is, is i'm probably more close to middle of the road on a lot of things even though you know i do support trump and like you know a lot of the republican way of thinking is my way of thinking but like at the same time there are things that like um what rob said earlier about like well yeah like that's the way i lean now and you know but there are some things like i don't give everybody this pass because they're a republican you know like right. i that's not at all how i am like i look at logic and facts and you know i try to be reasonable my my biggest thing that my dad and i always talk about is like the most important thing is being able to critically think that's it like if you can just think critically and like examine things and and and, and uh, analyze it then you can come to an inclu- a conclusion on your own instead of being you know fed the 
massive penis of uh, media. How's that for, uh, how's massive, that for an idea? Media's massive dick. Yeah. Media's so while we're um, way off, we're, we're still on our trio log here, um, really at this point. Uh, I do want to at least a little bit touch on Adrenochrome, if that's okay with you guys. <laughs> Since oh, yeah. that was oh, the yeah. Whole, I, I, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We've, yeah. we've made it like an hour and say, a half. I was, <laughs> was going to say, when are we going to get into the meat and potatoes? That's what I was going to say. So, so the I meat and potatoes here is sexual abuse of children and children's sacrifice, the, the Adrenochrome ritual. Um, and let's get into that right now. Uh, if you know what... <clears throat> so we talk about this every once in a while, right? Uh, we talk about adrenochrome and the human sacrifice and all the weird crap that's happening in Hollywood. And um, I'll tell you this. When I was studying up on this leading up to it, I was right just going to talk about what? Right now. I'm just studying right now. Right now as I'm studying on it pretty much. Um, Xander <laughs> yeah, called me out. No, like last night. Last night. It was at least last night. All right. Um, last I love night. How you have to justify to your son? Yeah. Well, <laughs> like see, he he's ratting me out here. Like I thought. This. Yeah. I thought it was going to be cool having him down here. Instead, he's down here. Like, well, you're looking at Diamond the article right now. Um, the. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Right. The, um, this is. I mean, this is better than we normally do. We normally don't study it until after the episode. You know what I mean? This is true. Um, but no, the, uh, when I was watching this stuff uh, last night about Adrenochrome and about um, Frazzle Drip, which we'll talk briefly about. Uh, everything's going to be briefly about since we only have 45 minutes left. Um, but as I was watching all this stuff last night, originally it was supposed to be Hollywood and the problems with Hollywood and the Hollywood uh, sex trafficking cult and the child trafficking and all that stuff. And then it became, obviously, which we know this, we know that it's not just a Hollywood problem. We know it's Hollywood, political elite, world. Uh, we, know, we know it's like a global pandemic. At this point, we know it's a global thing. What we don't know is like if it extends beyond that, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it's like a universal thing. I think it's like a, a like an animalistic uh, trait that, that humans or that organisms have in general. But... Uh, as I was reading about it, it got me um, looking into a lot of the political stuff as well. And then as I was talking to Rob about it today, he was like, oh, by the way, it encompasses the Silicon Valley, which hopefully we'll be able to we'll be able to talk a little bit about that, too. And that's another good reason why he's here. But let me um, let me just start off by explaining what this adrenochrome situation is and well can can you real quick can you can mm -hmm. you explain to us first what exactly it is right. and how it uh well i guess how it's harvested <laughs> right right well, that's where i was going with it be so oh, okay okay that's what, okay yeah my bad <laughs> no um my the, bee, dog <laughs> no, my bee my bee um so basically what adrenochrome is, is it's a chemical compound or whatever that is used for a, a number of reasons. And they've actually used it to regenerate the sensation in a rabbit's ear that was damaged and like all sorts of weird stuff. They've done a lot of clinical tests on, um, you know, the animals that they normally do the animal testing. But it's also been used, uh, humans use it as a drug. Um, and it's basically, um, you've seen it and, and you, I'm sure you've read about it in the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's one of the drugs that he takes was the adrenochrome. Mm -hmm. And... This drug that is used, it dates back to um, the start of the or the, the legend of vampires, right? Uh, and how they need to drink blood to uh, stay young and to stay in their invulnerable vampire state. And um, so that's how that kind of played into it. And then to modern day, 
nothing has changed. People are still drinking the blood of um, that includes the adrenaline in order to stay young, in order to give them this euph euphoric uh, response, very similar to many of the other drugs that are on the market. But this one is created by scaring somebody to the point of adrenaline being released from the adrenal gland and then they extract the blood which has adrenaline in it and then they drink that blood and it creates this euphoric kind of uh, youthful state and it keeps them young right so what they did originally and this is back in well not originally but this is in 2015 i believe the study was done on on lab rats they stitched two mice together a young mouse and an older mouse and they were able to like keep the older or like give like regenerate the old mouse right um by sharing blood with this young mouse so this is kind of like where a lot of this and that's this is all scientific studies that you can share it's not like you had me at bigfoot type tinfoil hat wearing stuff that we normally <laughs> right. talk about um but what they do now that where hollywood comes into it and the political elite and all that comes into it is I want to say every year it's like some 400,000 kids go missing, right? Just missing. Like, never found, never, like, they just disappear off the face of the earth. Um, now, a lot of these children end up in the various trade, like, the various illegal trafficking trades, right? You know, whether it's sex work or adrenal gland harvesting. And what they do is they tie these kids up and they scare the shit out of them. They scare them to like, they literally scare them to death almost. They do their very best to terrify them to the point where they're releasing like major loads of this adrenaline and then they harvest the blood. How they do it is it's removed from the eyeball. Like they go in through the eye and extract this very, very consecrated, very, very concentrated adrenochrome, right? And then these people can ultimately use that for whatever nefarious purposes they intend to use the adrenochrome for. Um, and they can really only do this like once or twice on these kids. So these kids are scared within, you know, to death. And then they have this adrenaline extracted. And then they either die or these people who are harvesting... They do their very best to keep them alive long enough to do it again. And then ultimately the kid dies. Um, and, and this has been, I mean, this is something that when you, when you hear about these 400,000 some kids going missing every year, you're like, how many of them are, are doing this? And then you start looking at, and this is where I kind of fell into the rabbit hole where it led me into politicians and all this other stuff. There's a video, and I know a lot of you who followed the whole Pizzagate scandal and followed a lot of the other stuff that was going on back in 2016, 2015 time frame. Um, there was uh, talk about Anthony Weiner when his uh, tee -hee -hee, um, when yeah. when he was arrested <laughs> for sexting some girl on Snapchat, yeah. some underage girl. They went and uh, they had a warrant. They seized his laptop. Come to find out it had like hundreds of thousands of Hillary's emails on it that supposedly were secure and like weren't off the network or whatever. Um, that was like a big thing that was mentioned for a while was, oh, Hillary's emails, Hillary's emails. But what nobody really paid much attention to, it was actually shared uh, when it happened, was that all these NYPD officers and uh, New York... FBI field office 
they um, New York City field office. I'm sorry. Um, they actually found on Anthony's uh, email or on his computer a folder called life insurance policy. Within this life insurance policy folder was a snuff film that was created by Hillary and Huma Aberdeen, or Aberdeen, and Anthony's wife at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he found a snuff film that they did where they had they were extracting the adrenochrome from this girl. And one of the big things from the video, and you won't find it anymore. You can find snippets of it. You can find um, pictures from it. But they terrorized this girl they sexually assaulted her and physically assaulted her and terrorized her uh to the point of carving her face off and then wearing her face on their faces and um then they extracted the adrenochrome this video was found on there and it's actually um at the time there were a bunch of veteran fbi agents and nypd uh officers who were who witnessed all this stuff? One of the um, one of the dudes from the NYPD released a statement about it. He says, "As a father, this sort of stuff churns my stomach, and um, you know I'll never be the same." So on and so forth. Following that event, they they turned it over to the FBI, who was at the time headed up by James Comey, who we now know was a crooked FBI agent, crooked nice. FBI director. Uh, it was all turned over to him. He protected Hillary. We never got to see any of it. And then, if you're, and by the way, the NYPD said we're going to hang on to it and we're going to turn it over to other people unless indictments come down based on the stuff that we found, these crimes against mm-hmm. children that we found. Um, Twelve, and this is by August, so this was like halfway through the year. Twelve officers from the NYPD committed suicide that were involved with that particular warrant uh, raid. So, miraculously, 12 mm-hmm. of the people involved were su- were suicided or whatever. Uh, and even a couple people, the, the, I guess the guy who was in charge of it committed suicide even. And he had just, like, he was about to retire too. Um, so it didn't make a whole lot of sense for him to commit suicide. But whatever. Um, if that doesn't raise any red flags with you, I don't know right. what else will. I don't know why you're here in this, <laughs> watching this video because or watching this channel because that's the sort of shit that we talk about. Um, right. And it, and it, all that stuff is just a whole bunch of red flags that for me I was like, well, this look it up. You won't find it on Google. You won't find it on YouTube. You won't find it on anything. Anything about Frazzle Drip? One word. By the way, if you typed in Frazzle dot rip on uh, the web browser for a while it would just pull up a picture of Hillary Clinton like the scary face of Hillary Clinton and then it wouldn't let you do anything you would just be locked your computer would be locked it's a very weird kind of like cryptic type stuff uh, that's but, bizarre yeah and so this is like the sort of stuff that is going on when Mel Gibson you can read more about his quotes about how uh, people were being or kids were being taken in Hollywood Elijah Wood talks about it um, Corey Haim was a victim of it who was the other well what about kid? the um, what was the thing we saw that remember that weird thing that Tom Hanks son was yeah, it, yeah, uh, yeah where he he like did that little rant like it was like supposedly it was sarcastic and a joke but it was very like revealing about a lot of things like he said he had to go what did he say it was like he had to go get his adrenochrome or something yeah. like crazy like it was like remember. what chet dude? hanks but it was... or whatever what was it is that his name chet hanks where he's like yes. had the illuminati tattoo on his chest and yeah, all yeah, that? yeah 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 
Yeah, so and, I, and that's something that still exists. Like, you can find that video out there where he says that. And it's like, I know, like, a lot of people say, oh, he was joking around or whatever. But the guy has a fucking Illuminati tattoo. <laughs> like, what the f- like, yeah, okay, you could say he's joking, but there has to be some validity into that. Or, like, to me, like, my logic is he's doing that to, like, take the heat off of him because if he thinks if it's being ironic people go oh, he's just joking which is exactly what people did right mm-hmm. but then there's still like it still raises questions it still makes you go what the fuck dude like now it makes sense why people are like like why tom hanks is so famous and you know these things and like it makes me shake my head and like i can't like you know me i like i need evidence and i need to be able to say well i've seen it myself you know so i shake my head and i go well i guess it's out there but it's things like that that i go what the like what the fuck is going on dude like there's something behind the scenes that we don't see we don't know about because we're fucking peasants because we don't we're not the illuminati because we don't see that side of society you know and and like like it's funny like whenever i start going fucking tinfoil hat bro (laughs) is when it's like you have to start going well if he's putting on the tinfoil hat something has to be here because i'm such a skeptic that i go i don't know but this there are so plenty of signs and plenty of things that can lead to that or that can that you can draw the conclusion to and that's enough that and i've said this before that's enough for you to go well let me start doing some research because this is some fucking weird shit and especially if you, you have fucking kids man because dude if i had kids i'd be like <laughs> i'd be like super protective knowing this kind of stuff and not not just thinking like well, it's out there, or like maybe it's happening. But the idea, the concept of this exists. There are people that have done this, that have created snuff films with kids, not just weird ass Hillary Clinton, but people have done this. You know, and obviously we go to her because you know she's probably the fucking head of all this. <laughs> you know, but like that exists, and that's a thing that exists. And like, and again, like I don't have kids, so I can't really relate. But I know that if I did, my first instinct would be, holy shit, I need to protect them from this kind of shit. Not because, not because Hillary Clinton or whatever, but because it exists. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this is a thing that's happened in our lifetime, in our existence. And like the possibility of it, although minimal happening to your child, it's a possibility. And it's something that you need to be concerned with. You know what? You, you know, know what? Um, Suffice it to say you... that I live in the mountains, and I'm really glad that I live up here in the mountains away from everybody else. Suffice <laughs> it to say that even though I'm skeptical and don't believe it, I, the X's I've drawn on places like San Francisco, let me go over that X one more time with a Sharpie just to remind myself why I'm never moving to the big to the big tech places. I'm just, nope, nope, I'm not moving to New York City. I'm not moving to D.C. <laughs> so here's, <laughs> something, here's something fun, and hopefully we can segue into the because we kind of touched, and, and unfortunately, since, you know, and it's not unfortunate because we talked about some things that needed to be talked about, but we're not going to have as much time to go into the stuff that, like, I'm sure people come here to hear. Um, but this is, like, hopefully yes. point you in the right direction, at least. Uh, the, um, with the Silicon Valley, right? Uh, they do a lot of this scrubbing, right? Because, and they're bought and paid for by a lot of these, who, who has money to to pay Silicon Valley to keep an eye out for stuff mm-hmm. that is going to be damaging to them and damaging to the industry uh, or to the party or whatever um, or to a candidate who has money but you know politicians and Hollywood elite and producers and studios and stuff like that they're the ones who pay Google to 
you know, keep an eye out for stuff that pops up in the Google search engines or in YouTube, which is also owned by Google, uh, they right. can go in there and they can scrub everything. So if you type in Frizzle Drip, uh, you're going to see that it's not there or Frizzle Drip. Uh, you're you're going to see that it's not there. There's really nothing sizzle, there. The, sizzle chest. Sizzle chest. Um, <laughs> yeah, played by The Rock. The yeah. um, You're going to see that that stuff doesn't exist on there. And the stuff that is on there, it just it's like The Washington Post, which is, mm. oh, by the way, a contributor of The Washington Post is John Podesta, who is tied yeah. up in all this adrenochrome yeah. stuff. But, yeah. Um, so if you go there, you're going to see that Google has removed all that stuff from not only Google, but from YouTube. You're going to see all the negative stuff about it, where it's like this far right conspiracy theory, blah, 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 blah. But then if you go to like BitChute or, um, oh, gosh, uh, uh, what the hell's that? Um, the Reddit alternative. Um, it's not called the gap.com. Uh, but anyway, there's, it's a couple alternatives. The, the hacker name for Yeah. Uh, if you go to these unmoderated ones or whatever that people mm-hmm. can post what they want and it's actually legitimate free speech, regardless of the consequences, like hate, hate speech or whatever is still authorized yeah. in those places or whatever. If you go to those places, you're going to see the, the actual stuff that pertains to it and how it's like, because you're going to see on Google, oh, this was discredited because Don Lemon said that it was discredited. But if you go to like BitChute or Gab, Gab, that's the name of the thing. If you go to Gab or whatever, you're going to see the people posting the legitimate evidence uh, that as to why Frazzle Drift is a real thing. Or like the real testimonies by so-and-so or whatever. And not even in that, you're going to see like the stuff about the 9-11 conspiracy. You're going right. to see about like the legitimate conspiracy stuff that we want to know. Like, well, where did this stem from? And then all you see in Google is it stemmed from radical right-wing, uh, nonsensical, fascist, Hitler-supporting um, weirdos or whatever. Uh, that's all you're going to see on Google. But if you go to BitChute and Gab and uh, 4chan and you go to the other things, they're going to they're going to lay out the information, the legitimate like, hey, this is the evidence that we have on that, whether or not it's true or not. Here's the evidence or whatever. Make your own decisions. Uh, well, that um, I was going to say that brings up um, a, a really good point. Some of the stuff you were talking about earlier um, to go back to about. Um, the like google and all these people being able to like scrub like it's it's really interesting when you think about that because um that's like the lobbyists <laughs> right like the people that were paying for like hillary's campaign and obama's campaign like were those fucking people like one of the things that blew my mind when i saw like the people that donated the most to like Obama's campaign. It was like Bank of America and fucking Google, like these huge fucking companies that like can lobby whatever they fucking want to him and go, hey, we gave you all this money and now you're fucking president. And now you can, and like, again, like I look at everything like logically and I go, this is, this is logically what it, how it would play out just in the simple the simplest uh, way of looking at it in terms of like I don't say I'm not a smart guy but when I look at things and who would benefit from it the most you go well this is obvious you'd have to be an idiot not to see that if if a company like Google gives a ton of money to a campaign they're gonna want something in return obviously right and so in that case you've got this partnership. <laughs> where they have to do shit for each other and it's it's like horrible to think about how like the media is involved in that and like so they go oh you put all this money into my blah 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 now you got to say this about me all the time and like 
Like, what the... Like, you'd have to be a fucking retard and uh, whatever to say whatever you want about that. People but just um, keep their jobs underneath, and that's why you can believe that this kind of stuff is going on, and it is going on. I'll give you the most recent example. Um, the most recent example is the... Have you seen what happened with Black Lives Matter with the donations? Have people been donating? <laughs> the have three million, seen? and they ended up getting 200,000? Oh, yeah. Yeah, talking about Act Blue, it's a lot of money, but yeah, it just <laughs> all the money though. Exactly, that's, that's the numbers. It was the two hundred thousand dollars. It's like, well, where's all the rest? I heard it was like as much as almost four hundred million dollars, not just like three. It was just like, where's the rest of the money? Well, I have my ah ah. ah. Same thing with Bernie Sanders. That's what I wanted to talk about this week. It's like, no, I'm ending my campaign, so I get my money back, right? No, that's that's not how that works. (laughs) It's it's funny that 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 came up because um, that's actually what, before we had brought up this topic, that's actually what I wanted to talk about this week was that Act Blue stuff and how, like, all this Black Lives Matter money is going to that. And, like, it's funny because all that money goes to these Democratic campaigns. And it's like, if you don't see these connections, like, you're, you've got blinders on, dude. Like, you're just not looking at That's why when people say, follow the money and you'll find out what the actual end game is, they're not kidding. Like, it's very easy to go and look at these watchdog groups, right? And they, mm-hmm. they keep track of that sort of stuff. And if you look at right. Act Blue... Uh, which, by the way, and here's here's the fun thing that you should do. If you ever intend to donate to any charity or whatever, look at that charity and find out how much actually goes to that charity. Or, or I'm sorry, to the people who it, it reports to that it's, that it's helping or whatever. Look into that because there are watchdog groups that keep track of that. But also when you go to an organization that's supposedly a charity that donates to such and such, look at the bottom and it'll say this is an act blue whatever act blue is a major just basically an umbrella company that supports solely democrats uh democrat candidates for public office and many of the things that they talk about or whatever such as black lives matter transgender Mm -hmm. movements whatever whatever if you look at these things you'll see that they're all act blue organizations um remember that video that came out the other day where it had all the celebrities talking about i take responsibility i take responsibility (laughs) and all that bull crap if you go to that website i i I believe it's actually just i take responsibility.com uh if you go there and it'll say click here to donate to these organizations and you can click on whichever organization that you want to donate to that supposed that's supposed to help black lives matter movement or um, civil rights activist groups. If you look at them, if you click on them, like the first five of them are Act Blue organizations. Right. And then if you look at Act Blue and look at where its money went, the majority of it went to. I'm sorry, I won't say the majority of it because I won't be wrong. But like the number one don or place that it, that it sent it do, its donations to was Bernie Sanders. And right. uh, Bernie Sanders obviously is no longer in the race. That money ended up going to Biden because whoever yeah. whatever money is left in the pool goes to the remaining candidate. So Biden has that's all this money that's mm-hmm. been getting funneled to him. Same thing with Elizabeth yeah. Warren, uh, Kamala Harris, but they were all do- the originally this Act Blue organization was funneling money to all of them kind of like evenly and then as it got smaller and smaller and ultimately down to the last two, Biden and uh, uh, Sanders now it's just them, and now that money is pulled together. If you look at Biden's numbers, all that money came from like people who donated to Black Lives Matter or Equal Rights or um, Gays for America or whatever you know, whatever organization at the time. When you donate, whatever money they see fit to give to that charity is what money goes to it. Everything else goes to a candidate of their choice. Right. So, 
be careful and where then, you and spend then, you know, your it's money. Funny too. Like I like it's funny thinking about these charities because I watched a really another really good movie recently that I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, Death to Smoochie. I don't know if you've seen it. One of Danny DeVito's earlier films. With freaking Edward awesome. Norton, yeah. movie. With Edward Norton. Yeah, that's right. And and it's so funny because there's all this like. Um, crime behind the scenes of like this children's show and one of the biggest crime syndicates is this charity organization and like the way they get their money is they do these charities and then they skim off the top and so like that like talking about what we're talking about right now it kind of makes me laugh because you go well that's the silly to like donate to a charity organization because you don't know that your money is actually getting to people to be helped like to me the most logic way to like be charitable is go is like cut out that middleman and go directly do something charitable yourself like go to a hospital and go hey i'm gonna pay this person's medical bills right now you know like that's charitable pay right. for somebody's lunch you know what i mean like do something where and i and, and i imagine it's far more rewarding in that sense to do that because you can see their reaction and you can get that you know because like my philosophy, and I know this is skewed as well, is that people do helpful things because they're selfish and they want to experience the, <laughs> the, <laughs> that they've done something good. Like there's there's a selfishness behind being charitable, I believe. But um, if you are going to do that, it makes more sense to do it yourself instead of expect somebody else to do it when chances oh, yes. are they're skimming off. <laughs> you need to take your drive to do good in the world and... Uh and do good in the world and not give money to somebody to do it for you and then wonder why your life is miserable. It's probably because your house is a mess and you're donating to Democrat candidates. Your health is terrible. You eat fast food all the time. Like, There's a lot of patterns in people who are activists on social media, and this is true on both sides. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just like, oh, I'm miserable. It's like, why are you miserable? <laughs> Trump. No, that's not why. <laughs> no, 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 Hillary. No, it's not why either. Um, look around your house. Treat your house like it. I mean, I'm a big Jordan Peterson fan, and one of the things that I got from some of his uh, some of his lectures is treat your home and your space like it's an extension of yourself. Right. The analogy I use is like the sword of a samurai. You think of it as like an extension of your arm, and if your place, if your life is miserable, it's your fault. You can get a better job despite the administration mishandling right. the economy. And You're I went through that. Your surroundings. Yeah. Right. And, people we, we always want to blame somebody else for our problems and then to make matters worse we want to give money to somebody else to fix our problems <laughs> we wonder why we're so miserable because we don't get the gratification of fixing our own problems right, if they get right. fixed and they don't and then we get hateful and resentful and we join a political party and do whatever we're told to make the world a better place and we burn it to the ground because we <laughs> wouldn't bother to actually do something about our own problems right because we're too busy trying to have somebody else do it's funny that so adrenochrome real quick um <laughs> if if, if you come, it, it has the same effects as like heroin or any of these, or speed or these other drugs as far as like addiction. And if you fall off the, uh, or if you, you stop using it, it has this horrible effect on you. If you look at pictures of Bill Clinton, for instance, for instance, look at pictures of Bill Clinton, look at the guys who like uh, have fallen off of, out of like politics or whatever, and then they come back into it and kind of make a name for themselves again. Look at those guys in the time that they weren't involved in politics and when they were less known, and then look at them now that they're back in, and you can kind of see uh, John McCain was another good one. Um, mm -hmm. Look at the guys who kind of fell out and then had to real quick come back and make a big... They didn't have access to that sort of stuff, and so they were very sickly during that time. You can look at those pictures of, like, look at pictures of Bill Clinton. Like, people thought he was going to die for, like, a, a year, like, until all of a sudden Hillary ran for office. Uh, and he was able to come kind of back into the limelight, and he was able to get access to that sort of stuff again. Uh, Rob, I know you wanted to talk about Silicon Valley. How do people use adrenochrome? How do they, and uh, other drugs like that? 
Tell me about microdosing. So I'm not super familiar with adrenochrome. I'm just saying that to the even though I'm skeptical of that, I know some stuff that is I know for a fact some stuff is going on. I've known some people who've who've been insiders and known what's going on. And um I'm wondering if they're related. So um one of the things that most people don't know about, this is kind of a big thing in the when I say Silicon Valley, um, one of the things you need to remember is that there's actually a physical location referred to as Silicon Valley, and it's not just a euphemism for technology. It's actually a number of headquarters of a bunch of different technology companies, and all of their lead, all of their people. I remember we remember the whole Alex Jones purge a couple of years ago. There's a bunch of contro- controversial figures who were booted off the internet altogether, all in like one day, because like Stripe and Mastercard and uh, PayPal and Twitter and Facebook. And Google, everybody's just, they all just call each other all the time, like, hey, and they're all like best buddies. You got Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg and uh, Susan Wojcicki from YouTube. You got all of them, they're all just like hanging out in their own little circle and they got their own little thing going on. And you can see it with some of the drama that's happened in the past five years or so with Jack Dorsey because he's one of the more hippie types. He's a little bit more into this stuff as a, he's he's very like hippy dippy. But um, one Pretty of the things, hair. but look up, um, you can look it up on Wikipedia because it's really open and they're very proud of it. It's Have you ever heard the word flow amongst the elites? Flow is this idea that there's a – it's like getting in the zone where you can really focus and you can really – they call it flow. Um, look up flow. I think flow in psychology. positive psychology, a flow state yes. also known colloquially as being in the zone is a mental state in which the person performing an activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement, and enjoyment in the process of an activity. In essence, flow is characterized by the complete absorption in what one does and a resulting transformation in one's sense of time. Yeah, so there's your header. But it's a good idea. I come from the software industry, and a lot of the things you learn in our industry as you become better and better at what we do is a lot of it is about time management and about focus and about creating an environment where you can actually work because it's really trying to push your brain to the limit. And so we all want to kind of do that, but there's this religious component where they've just they've tried to they've they've kind of created this weird cultural thing where they've got all of these things and you've got to be that way in order to be more effective and cause the flow to happen mm-hmm. and so they're really they're, this is a big thing amongst them they'll when they talk about this amongst each other they don't talk about it publicly but this whole flow thing it's like they're secretive i figured out how to focus but one of the big things they do is they've started microdosing on lsd to to induce a flow state um, I'm trying to find because I even got to it from – it's further down in this Wikipedia article, but uh, it talks about it in the – I think in the end of workplace section. I can't find it, but anyway, in here, and then there was an article on Psychology Today talking about it. You can look up that people are using some kind of psycho, psychedelics. I've heard that it's microdosing LSD, but I've heard that it's other drugs too, and obviously every drug name like that is a family anyway. But, I, but that's this game, and I'm pretty sure I can say with almost certainty that Zuckerberg is involved in this. Um, but uh, the way he acts, you, I, th- I feel like Jack Dorsey is perpetually on LSD. So like, <laughs> he's not running Twitter. Twitter's running him. They, they, well, fired, that, him, they fired him because of the way he was, and they brought isn't him. Isn't that like um, – it, it like, seems like a pretty pretty common thing, like – and like to be – to use the broad term, like cultish – very cultish yes. you know and like it, it seems like that's kind of like the way those things are. and anything in that matter like yes. you know you could go all the way down to like a zumba group or tai bo or something and they go oh, meditation whatever and like they tell you to do all these special things that like supposedly yeah. is going to put your chi in place or whatever but it's really like 
you know, at its base, that's what it is. It's very culty. And, like, you have this extreme version of cult where people are eating adrenochrome and cutting off the faces of children. And then you have, again, like, you know, the Zumba class where they're telling you to, like, manifest your chi or whatever. <laughs> but I think I think all of it, like, it encompasses that depending on whether you're extreme or not. And, like, you know, that could be said about any sort of religion in the same aspect. And, like, so, so I, I think it's funny. <laughs> to me, reason, I just think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why I would suggest you pay attention to some of this stuff is it has psychedelics have a long-term effect on you and they affect how you are and i think it might be happening in hollywood as as well but uh i'm only speculating but uh based on what i've seen this seems to be what the elites are doing right now and if you go into the so some of the best psychology research we have available in the actual legitimate what's left of legitimate psychology and social sciences um the big five personality traits that are actually used in studying personality um one of the five is openness to experience your willingness to try new things and it is drastically affected by people who've had some of these psychedelic experiences and taken a lot of drugs and so there's def and i from where i stand it's something to akin to free will and so they kind of are like ah, if, so they're making themselves more and more and more and more and more open-minded and if these if these celebrities are microdosing it's no wonder why they all go oh yeah black lives matter oh yeah hashtag me too <laughs> oh yeah it's just like you can kind of start putting yeah. pieces together it's like are these yeah. all people really the stupid and some of them are cynical but right. some of them yeah i think they've dumbed themselves down to that point just to keep yeah. the job they yeah. got to have that flow or you're not well, going to you're going to get hired <laughs> really good that's a really good point you know i i often reference aldous huxley because you know his book brave new world he is, describes a lot of what's happening now and Third like thing. he yeah, and like he talks about this like this drug that like this hypothetical drug in his book that like, you know, it'll make people like basically what he says is it will make people like enjoy being slaves. And like that's kind of interesting because it gives when a sense of flow. <laughs> it can, exactly. And like it's so funny to think about that because you have like like drugs is a part of our culture now, so much so that like we're decriminalizing marijuana and we're going, it's okay to get high. It's okay to like be couch stuck, right? It's okay. And like again, like I don't um I don't want to like um diminish anything like pot smokers or anything i have a lot of friends that are pot smokers like mike manitoba i see you out there you know <laughs> that smoke pot and they're like cool and they're cool you know they have like a sense of um person what do you call it? it's like self right you they have, have an alternate that... personality other than being a pot smoker <laughs> exactly like that, that and that's the problem and my my big argument about society is that people haven't figured out who they are yet and so they're like they're still struggling to find this sense of self, and it's because the only thing that they've experienced is this narrow scope in their little, little town or whatever. And so to them, smoking pot expands that, which really it doesn't. You know, what you really need to do is travel and experience culture and see the world from different viewpoints. You know, have, like, see the world. You know, that's my biggest, like, like do that. You know, if I ever talk to, like, youngerns, I always say, get out and see the world, man. Experience culture. Travel. Don't go with anybody else. Go by yourself and just immerse yourself in culture. And I think that's the best way to, like, find yourself. And if you don't do that, then you're at the mercy of media. And, like, again, like, back to, like, Aldous Huxley, that was his point is, like, you have these – um, sort of like media things and he his was he was talking about the radio of course this was the 1950s so they didn't have internet back then but he says you know we have these radios that are feeding right into your head and they're repeating the same thing over and over and over and it's essentially brainwashing which is why his argument was that Hitler was able to reach so many people because he was this amazing orator and he had this voice that people were like wow I can get behind that and then it was repeating over and over and over on the radio now if you compare that to what's going on with the internet with all this Black Lives Matter you know whatever 
I hate Trump. You have all these celebrities, people that they idolize, and they go, oh, I agree with that because I like this person or I I want to be like them, right? I, I That's what I'm trying to emulate in my life, especially, you know, like minority culture. They see like rappers and they see these people that come on, you know, the medias and they go, oh, this is how I feel and I want to be like that and I want to be cool. And they're doing all these things and they have money and bitches and whatever. And that's what they want out of life. And so they go, this is, this is how I want to live my life. These are the beliefs that I want to adopt. When in actuality, they don't have any real sense of self or beliefs or anything. They, they're just, and I, I use this term, I always tell Tom my my favorite term when I talk about people like this is monochrome cardboard cutouts that's what they are literally they're these like blank slates where they have nothing to offer society they're literally like just blank right and then you have people like us who have like experienced like an intellectual awakening and we go man I want fucking knowledge I want to know everything and every little piece of information that comes at you it's like nom 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 you know what I mean like you're going oh my gosh I just learned something new and now I know this and I know that and then we want to pass that knowledge on or share it with like-minded people which is why you know to not to like you know self-promote but that's why I love our show right now is because that's what Tom and I do is we get on here and we joke around and we do our poop dick and fart jokes but then we share this knowledge and we pass it back and forth and go well this is what I learned from from our Wikipedia, blah 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 and this is what I know about what's going on and then here we have this uh, uh, our topic today we're talking about this adrenochrome and these children and all this stuff and I and I can go well like we always say it's not fucking paranormal <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's not but there's still some validity to this so you have to at least acknowledge it so I think um, in, in, in summation you have to be, become who you are meant to be like self-discovery is like the most important thing in the world and if you haven't achieved that then you're subjected to groupthink and if you're subjected to groupthink then you're just a fucking drone that's all you are and it is takes us the, back to that. that no, that's a good that's a good closer. Well, that's a good closer for the topic because I we, right, right. we still have like uh, thirteen minutes, I guess, that we can still talk because what? Well, right, right. But we remember we started at eleven fifteen. Um, but okay. Um, <laughs> well, we got nine <laughs> minutes, I guess. Uh, yeah, correct it again by the side. Jeez, jeez, Louise. This is why you have kids; they keep you on track. Um, right. But it takes us back to our original point of when I was talking. Remember, I was talking about how if you want a third party candidate, talk to one person a month and convince right. one person a month right. of this thing. And you will build a base of people who at least will do their research as opposed to just drinking the Kool-Aid of like, hey, this is just how it is. And you got to accept that this is how it is. Or you can get out there and you yourself can talk to just one person a month. And that person will go and talk to one person a month and up until the election. And then by the time you got it, you won't be down. It won't be like, oh, well, so-and-so is polling at 50% and so-and-so is polling at 50%. Or as hilarious as it is to remind people of this, when people talk about polling, uh, Hillary Clinton, like a week before the election, was polling 98 percent uh it was 99 in some places was it it was was like 98 99 percent like nationwide in various places or whatever she was going to win the election and trump had like one or two percent 
chance of winning the election. And then what happened? Trump just won. Kept taking states. And, kept you know, and states. it just goes to show, like, if you were, if you don't want it to be a 50-50 between two people, like a turd sandwich and a, uh, a giant douche or whatever. <laughs> giant douche. Um, if you don't want it to be that, be the change that you want to see. Like, I'm not saying who you need to vote for, but if you want mm-hmm. a third-party candidate, don't tap out as soon as your third-party candidate rings in with, like, 0.2% of the national vote. At that point, be like mad. Be mad about it and be like, I need to get involved with the Libertarian Party. But the problem is, people will, um, they'll walk right by the Libertarian tent at the county fair or they'll uh, ignore the ad that's on their Facebook that says, this is your Green Party candidate. Da, 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 da. They'll ignore all that stuff because they're just, right. they're like, well, you know, whatever. Instead, get involved, all, you know? Worst of all, they don't vote in the primaries. And so they don't that actually too. decide what's happening to the political party that they're pissed off about. Right. And so that's my big soapbox thing is you need to focus locally mm-hmm. and you need to focus on. So, for example, um, I'm proud to say that the current um, representative of my district, uh, Utah 4th District, is a Democrat because in 2016, we voted out this Mia Love chick who's like, oh, I'm a minority, so and I'm super conservative and right wing, so you have to didn't 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 go conservative on anything, and she, she was she was she totally sold out to the to the establishment and didn't vote for the way any of us in our district wanted, and so we said, screw you, we're willing to have the the cojones to get rid of you <laughs> and now we're going to put in burgess owens from the nfl is running on in, in our district and god we got to get him in he's going to be fantastic finally somebody who actually one more person i can actually trust in the republican party but you've got to go through that process and people don't pay attention to primaries they don't pay attention to local mm-hmm. that that that's the thing that killed me i mean i was part of the group that almost man were it not for trump ted cruz would have been the nominee we were trying so hard to get the the charlatans and the typical establishment people out and just uh but nobody pays attention to the primaries they just wait for it to happen i mean that's how aoc got elected by like none votes is because nobody voted that's how she got in <laughs> who's that aoc AOC, yeah. she should be gone this election. She should be gone for good. I, I think she's pissed off the people over there enough that, and there's a there's a chick that's looking to primary her, and she reminds me so much of the Hawaiian chick from the Democratic nomination. She's Tulsi. she's the Democrat. I could, Tulsi she's Gabbard. just like Tulsi. Yeah, this lady that's trying to oust her in the primaries, and I think she might pull it off. So we might never have to hear AOC ever again. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Wait, be awesome? are you excited for that? Yeah, I rip on her all the time because like. Prime- Everything about her offends me, like her appearance, her voice, her uh, (laughs) attitude, her ideas like she is. And and you got to remember, like most of the people in her district, her district might be wiped off the the friggin planet anyways, because uh, (laughs) with the census, uh, it was actually found that um, most of the people who are living in her district are illegal. And so they're not. She was behind this. The Democratic establishment wanted to get rid of her. They were behind this. The Democrats were saying, you know what? Do we really need AOC's district? Do we really? <laughs> and on the Republican side, we're like, no, you don't. And so it's like, well, it looks like we've come to agreement on something that's bipartisan for once in this nation's history. <laughs> Bye. AOC, so imagine, imagine that being your legacy as uh, <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Her legacy is that she was so bad that Republicans and Democrats in the House came together and gerrymandered and 
such a way that they're like, can we just split our district a little bit and like get rid of her entirely? Um, everybody, everybody should have just shook their head when her argument was that cows farting is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's when everybody should have gone, what? Like, what is wrong with you, dude? Her, that was like her <sighs> literal, like, that was it, dude. It's not even joking. Is she thought that because cows farting, that was what was ruining our air. <laughs> that her whole Green New Deal was the funniest thing in the world. When I read it, I was like, "This can't be a real thing that right. was produced." And then, and then you read up on like, "Oh, she went to like, um, what? She she supposedly studied economics in college. You wouldn't <laughs> you wouldn't know it to like listen to her talk about anything. But she supposedly, and I studied economics in college, and like." So I have a I have a dog in this fight. Like when she talks, I'm like, that's just not correct. Like none of what she said is, is correct. I had a half year economics course in high school. I'll just leave it at that. And you still are probably like way ahead, of, like leagues ahead <laughs> of her qualified. on understanding, like understanding, like the she. If you asked her what the difference between micro and macroeconomics are, I bet she would stutter, like for most of the <laughs> thing, and change the topic. Uh, but and, and and to be honest, macroeconomics was not my strong suit. I got a B in that class. Uh, if you could believe that, that was like my not my strong suit in well, in my all undergrad. Keynesians and they're all full of crap. Um, but but yeah, she supposedly studied economics in college, and then you listen to her talk, and you're like, there's no way she studied economics in college. She, but you know, like uh, I'm sure if you looked further into it, she, I mean, she was a bartender before that, and then she got appointed to the financial uh, the financial subcommittee to manage like the country's budget. And then she w couldn't even manage her own budget. Her like she was talking about how she couldn't. Pretty face. She was chosen yeah. as a pretty face. That is yeah. exactly. And she's happened. not even that. Because so frankly, I if you look so at her, it's like. If you weren't paying attention at the time, if it's still possible to go back and hasn't been scrubbed, go back to when she had a falling out with her handler, whatever his name was, it was up to something shady, and there's something with money and. Yeah, but yeah, basically, yeah. The Indian the, guy. The guy that she was with. Uh, he has a funny name, but uh, I think it's Indian or something. But anyway, yeah, so as soon as that falling out happened, you could tell that it was basically like she basically spit on her handlers once she got elected. It was like, oh, guess what? I don't have to be under your thumb anymore. And that's when AOC became what we all know and love. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're half right. Um, <laughs> but she um, – so anyway, politics aside, what what is something that we need to talk about? We got about five – or uh, yeah, we got about uh, – what are we at? Oh, we're, we got about one minute left. Um, but was there anything else that we needed to talk about today? I think we did a good job covering. I think I, I was really excited about this topic today, and I think we had a good discussion. I really appreciate, Rob, you being on the show because you definitely had a lot of stuff to offer um, our discussion. And I, I really appreciate that, dude. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Well, I think it's funny how much we have in common, even though we come from very different perspectives on relationship and so forth. Isn't it funny how we both end up at the same place? Mm -hmm. What does that tell you? We're coming from very different views on a lot of things. I'm like, I, I see, and when, when I don't, don't completely agree, it's like you got 95% when you, and then you qualify that it doesn't apply to everybody. I'm like, no, no, it does if you add this tweak to it. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. We've just got, we've just... I, yeah, as far as the relationship we talked stuff uh, we talked about at the beginning, I think mm -hmm. I just my message in general to the to the uh, to the young people who are looking for relationships. Remember, the opposite sex is just like you, and mm -hmm. trying to figure out why they can't find somebody. And should I address my avatar? Yeah, yeah and then also plug yourself like on Twitter yeah. if you want people to follow you or whatever. Um, I'm at Plasma Rob on Twitter. I'm pretty easy to find. Um, 
I'm at, I'm plasma rob everything on the internet. So if you see a plasma rob on any video game, it's me. Minecraft, whatever it is. Um, but uh, so the uh, my avatar actually means something very significant. I've kept it for a very long time. Um, I just came back to it after trying to cycle through other ones because I've never found one that captures an idea like quite like this one was. So for those of you who are not Avatar The Last Airbender fans, I know it's popular right now, and that was what prompted me to switch back to it, but I had this years and years ago. Um, this picture is actually from a very specific instance in one of the last episodes, and this is advice for you on social media and your relationships with other people. Just like we were talking about, the, uh, Tom was talking about the snapping turtle analogy that he made, which was fantastic. Um, this is from the final battle between Aang and Fire Lord Ozai, and it's in that time period where he, the firebenders were all super powered up and destroying everything. So this is the strongest firebender at one time where he's even stronger. He's boosted in every way possible. And he throws probably the most dangerous and powerful attack in all of the Seer franchise series history is this bolt of lightning. And Aang had been taught by Prince Zuko or whoever how to redirect it. And he catches it and starts to point at Ozai and looks him in the eye and you see the look, you'll have to go back, it's like a one second clip of you see the fear in Ozai's eyes because he's effed. If Aang turns this around, that's the, the end of him, that he's turning around to point at it and he will blow him out of existence. And Aang sees that in his eyes and looks up at the sky and throws the lightning bolt, the lightning away. And that's my reminder to myself and to others that when you're devout enemies, when the people who are coming for you, who are trying to destroy you, when they, when, when, when push comes to shove, when they've burned everything down and they're on their knees and all you need to do is kick them in the head and kill them, don't. That when you have an opportunity to end your enemies once and for all, have the restraint and the moral discipline to say, I'm not gonna sink to your level, I'm not gonna do that. Even though you put me in a situation where I could get you, don't don't give in to the temptation to exact revenge. That just you gotta forgive them, no matter how little they deserve it. Not for their sake, but for our sake, and so that the entire civilization doesn't burn. And so every time I see that picture, that's what it means to me. Isn't that uh, also the moral of Deadpool <laughs> when when he's like the difference between being a hero and a superhero or something? And he's like, is that one or that couple seconds? And then Deadpool oh, shoots the dude in the head, and he's like, well, whatever, you know. That's <laughs> comedy, but yeah, it's a, pro <laughs> it's a profound thought. Is the Avatar picture that you're talking about from the series? Is the Avatar picture from the series? Yes. Xander wants yes. to ask. It's actually, a, yeah, it's, it's not from one of the comics or one of the side things. It's actually a clip of one of the animation frames from the actual show. Because I'm currently watching the series. Yeah, Xander's in the middle of the series. The battle from Ozai goes on for like the two last episodes, so I'm not even sure which episode it's in. But you just spoiled you'll it see for it. him. The light, yeah. the bolt <laughs> yeah, you're ruining everything. Well, I'm not going to tell you how it ends. It's a very profound thought. You get a right? chance to kill your enemies. It's don't do it if you don't have to. V, did you have anything to add to that? And also to close say, that off? Yeah, I was just going to say that's a very profound thought, and it's very ad it's an admirable way of thinking. I respect that. I do. Because I, often I tell Tom, some, you know, Tom and I, we have um, similar yet po uh, polarizing personalities in different aspects. And, like, it's funny, Tom and I will get into these discussions at, like, 3 in the morning <laughs> <laughs> where I'm, like, texting back and forth, and I'm going, but this, dude, but this. And he's going, yeah, but this, dude. And it's it's funny because, like, I, I'll get so um, 
so frustrated because I want to I want to like make sure that he understands my perspective, which I know a lot of times comes off as very um, skewed and very um, unpopular and like kind of grim, I guess you could say, <laughs> kind of grim. And of course, I, I think that has a lot to do with being a nihilist, you know, and I go, oh, what does it all mean? And, and extension, uh, constantly being in a perpetual existential crisis. But at the same time, like, there's nothing better than having people like you and Tom in this world, because that is what we need to remind us that, like, there is the capability of being that way, being forgiving and, like, um, just a decent human being in general. You know, what's funny is you say that, V, and I guess we can close on this, is uh, you, you've outed me as not being the character I am on the show. Because, um, <laughs> like, in, in our discussions or whatever, and this is, like, the one thing that uh, when, whenever you, like, you'll text me at, like, 2.30 in the morning or 3 in the morning or whatever, and I'll be sitting in my recliner. I'll have just finished in the shower, and I'll be getting ready for bed, and then you'll still be texting, and I'll just sit down in my recliner in my pajamas uh, ready for bed and you'll be asking me some important like theological questions and and I'll sit there and I'll, and I'll happily answer them because I'm like as much as I'd love to go to bed right now I would rather <laughs> him have not necessarily the right answer not necessarily the answer not necessarily what I believe to be the right answer what I believe to be the the the, the, the true answer or whatever uh, i would rather stay up all night and have these discussions, these theological discussions and um, answer these questions to the best of my ability uh, than to be like, well, you're on your own, dude. Like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's far more important to me to like, even and even when, and this is one thing that probably people don't realize is that V and I d vehemently like disagree with each other sometimes, like in texts mm -hmm. where like it ends with V being like, well, that's bullshit. And like, and, and, and that's how, like, and it doesn't end like that, but that's like how he responds to some of my right. answers. And, and I'm like, well, maybe, but like, here's my opinion on it. And I'll like lay it all out for him. I'm like, it's not a popular answer. It's not an answer that's yeah. easy. It's not right. one that I would say like everyone can and should and will take. But this is my opinion on the matter, and based on my understanding of, say, scripture or, say, whatever, so my interpretation of certain things, this is what I think. And, like, the character the character that I play is not very different than the one I play on here, but um, mm -hmm. <laughs> pretty much what you see is what you get. But there is, like, a softer, sensitive, chewy, nougat center to me that uh, that V gets to hear about when, when we have these discussions. And it, it pops out every once in a while when I wax theological mm -hmm. on the show but yeah this i mean there are some things that uh yeah we do talk about and we we do we argue about there are some things that we talk about that are far more sensitive and soft and uh more profound than the sort of dick and fart jokes that we talk about on the show but um that w all that like anybody who's watching or listening or whatever or in the chat right now if you ever want to have those discussions i'm always like v and i are <laughs> we're both awake until three four five o'clock in the morning eastern time so whatever three two three o'clock in uh pacific time like we're up super late if you want to have those discussions or if you have a question or whatever like we're not like unapproachable we don't have this massive fan base where we can't answer fan mail like if you direct message us we'd answer it <laughs> you know if you have these questions these yearning questions in the middle of the night where you, you need an answer or whatever we're, we're there you know you can always ask and if you want more information on adrenochrome <laughs> since we gave you so much tonight um you know hit us up but 
If you haven't already, hit the thumbs up. Subscribe mm -hmm. if you want, or the thumbs down, uh, depending on how you feel about tonight's episode. We appreciate you guys all coming and checking out the show and sticking with us to the end. Thank you, Rob, for joining us today. Thank you, Xander, in the studio, and Diesel as well, uh, who joined us. Our studio audience gets bigger every uh, every week, it seems like, now that Yeah, Diesel... we had a big crowd tonight. Yeah, and then... Uh, but yeah, all that uh, all that aside, uh, you guys arm yourselves because Atlanta is burning as we speak, and mm -hmm. uh, you guys need My to be prepared live there, for that. So I'm scared about it. Yeah, those you know that all the cops are walking away from uh, Atlanta districts three, four, five, yep. and six. Yes, they walked are. away. My dad's got somehow. Atlanta is going to be a big issue for the next at least couple days with this whole situation. Uh, if you didn't hear already, the officer who shot that dude who was drunk driving, the dude who was released from prison because of the coronavirus, uh, after beating... Okay, he beat his kids, ended up in prison, was supposed to serve like a seven, some, seven or nine year sentence or whatever. Um, he was in prison. They released him because of coronavirus. Since he's been released, like within the last month... He was drunk driving. This was his second drunk driving offense. Passed out in the drive-thru at Wendy's. The cops came, had him pull into the parking lot, very politely and cordially dealt with him. He failed the breathalyzer. He failed the field sobriety test. Mm -hmm. And then he resisted arrest, stole, wrestled with the cops, punched at the cops, stole the cops' taser, ran away, turned while the cops were in pursuit and fired the taser at the cop that was closest to him and that cop shot him three times which is standard body body head is the actual tactical textbook response mm -hmm. to that sort of thing right. shot him yeah. three clean shots guy went down they went over and they roughed him up a little bit when he was on the ground to presume and now i don't know i wasn't there i assume the cops had their reasons for doing it they pinned him down a little bit and then ultimately rendered aid the da determined that they kicked him stood on his shoulder and his neck and his back and whatever all these other things and have like pictures from security cam um determined all this stuff and have charged the primary officer with 11 counts of like aggravated homicide uh wow. this that and the other all this other stuff they're charging him with homicide officially and a number of others four charges for the other officer who is currently on administrative desk duty the other one has been released they're asking that these two officers turn themselves in since the warrant's been arrested or issued for their arrest now police officers across atlanta are walking away from their districts that they're supposed to be uh, patrolling, they're saying, I'm not going to do it because if you guys aren't going to have my back in the sort of like this is textbook police work that that he did and you're charging him with aggravated homicide, you know, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to respond to calls. We're not going to uh, patrol our areas. We're not going to answer any of your calls that come out over the radio. You're on your own. Cops have walked away and in districts three, four, five, and yeah. six, last I heard. Right. And yeah, I assume it's going are. to get worse. Yeah. And you can listen to the police scanner right now. You're going to hear uh, all points bulletin or uh, car 315 or car such and such. We have a such and such on 35th and Main. Silence. Because the cops aren't answering them. So this is what you wanted, America. And not necessarily all of America. But this is what you, the lar the majority, who supposedly wants cops to be abolished. This is what you wanted. This is what you're getting. 
cops are walking away from their duties and they are no longer going to patrol your streets they're no longer going to answer calls so if you're getting raped murdered uh assaulted robbed burglarized uh if you need any help from police officers fuck you you're done Mm -hmm. because the cops aren't going to come and you wanted it you wanted it this way and the da has your best interest or your best interest in mind they're the ones you know you guys started this the da supported it the cops are going to say whatever you're on your own and you deserve it every single person who is raped and i hate to say this i do every single person who is raped murdered burglarized robbed assaulted whatever in these cities that are pushing for police uh to be abolished or that are not supported by the district attorney or are being treated unfairly by those people who are supposed to at least acknowledge that the the job of police officer is a dangerous one and they need to be able to exercise the things that they were taught in the academy and that are still standard mm-hmm. operating procedure if you're not willing to have their back you deserve it and I, that's the last <laughs> thing I'm going to say about it and I hope it doesn't happen to anybody you know I hope it doesn't happen to anybody but when it does you deserve it you've earned it so with that being mm-hmm. said thank you Rob thank you V thank you Xander and thank you Diesel we will see you all <laughs> next week Are you interested in advertising on You Had Me at Bigfoot? Oh, hell no! Reach out to us at contact at youhadmeatbigfoot.com.